Yo, 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 y'all can hear me? Y'all can hear me? The mic can keep going on. What's up with this? Okay, I guess y'all can't hear me. What's good? What's good? What's good? We got some good news today, huh? Malik Bryant jumped on board, huh? Had y'all going crazy over the weekend. What's happening though, man? Rich, what's good? Get in here. What's going on? Waiting for a few more people to jump in, man, so we can get the show going tonight. Um, yeah, man, we uh we landed Malik Bryant today at 12 noon. Um I don't even know why people thought he was going to the Gators. That wasn't happening, even though they was trying to do everything they possibly can do to get it. But I just knew it was a hurricane lot after his um, last visit with us. What's going on, Rich? Yo, yo, what's going on, X? So, so who next, X? Who next? <laughs> who next? Um, tomorrow, tomorrow we're gonna get the um offensive lineman, um, Kinsler. Okay, well, what time are you committing committing tomorrow? Um, I ain't even checked to see the time, or if he even if he does have a time, I didn't check. But um, I know he commits tomorrow. The other guy, what's his name, John Walker? He commits. Um. He commits tomorrow too, I think. And okay, and he's a he's a D tackle, right? Yeah, that's the D tackle uh, from um I think he's in Orlando area. Um, yeah, uh, Osceola. Yeah, I I never really paid much attention to him flirting with UM. I just never think thought thought that he'll come. I, I didn't think so either. I thought it was Ohio State, but the way um you know. I reached out to some people, man, and they were like, yeah, Central Florida. And I'm and I keep telling them, man, y'all gotta be joking. Like Central Florida now for him. <laughs> you know, I mean, because he's a he's a top talent, and you just don't think a, a guy like that will go to that school, but I guess maybe he wants to stay home, and that's that's home for him. Um so well, they do have uh Malzon as a coach. So I mean, yeah, but I man, my zone not. I I don't know. <laughs> I mean, he was my zone was a decent recruiter, but that was you know Auburn. They had the the resources to do what they wanted to do. So um, I just don't know if it's like that with him at um at, at Central Florida, but we'll see. You know what I'm saying? And then you know they saying maybe Miami might make a push, a late push. Um. So we'll see. What's going on, Marcus? What's going on? What's going on, X? I, I just came on when you started talking about uh Kinsler. And um from what I hear, he's supposed to be um committing at 12, 12 p.m. Okay, tomorrow. so it's gonna be another noon one. Um that'll be good. Hmm. Um I mean I, I know Kinsler, he's on board to playing um any position in the officer line. He's on board. So um 
those are the kind of players you want to take, especially when you know you're going after a higher level and you want to get in. You say, man, coach, I just want to get in. I want I play whatever you need me to play. So, yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, and I like Kinsler better than uh, than than Kirkman, to be honest. And it's not because of the whole, you know, fiasco that happened with him. It's really he just seems more of an athletic type of player. I think he's a he's a player that can develop into a solid tackle. Uh, I think he's going to be a guard, uh, especially with this offensive line that Crystal Ball is building. But in case like you have an injury uh, to one of your your major tackles, I think he could actually just possibly step into a tackle role if need be. And um, I, I did want to also say something about John Walker. John Walker, I heard. Was a, has been a silent commit for a while now. Um, I mean, that's that's what I've heard uh, that he's he's already committed to the school that he you know wants to go to. He just hasn't been public about it. And um, as far as I know, I, I hear it's going to be Florida. From, from you think it's going to be Florida? Yeah, from whatever from 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 the sources that I that that I've been speaking with about him. And I really just spoke to spoke to that person last night, and and I just asked about it because I saw his, you know, his his commitment was coming up uh, tomorrow, I think it is, and um, I was just wondering if if the Canes were still in it, and they were like, yeah, we, um, he's a silent commit to um, the school that he wants to go to, um, and I hear that that is Florida, but you know, I, mm-hmm. I heard, also heard that such that UCF could be in the mix as well, and that could be beneficial for him because. He could probably have an opportunity to play early. Uh, their class is 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 probably the worst of the big. No, not probably. It is the worst of the big four right now in Florida. So that would be a, a big boost to their class, and they're probably it could be selling you know playing time for him. There's a big four in Florida. <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say big four. <laughs> Who, who's the fourth? <laughs> <laughs> I consider UC. I, I consider UCF like part of part of. I mean, they've had better records than Miami in the past few years. Let's just they they that. have better records than all the schools in the past couple of years. But right, I just don't think they there yet to um for for them to consider themselves a part of the big. I mean, I don't. I, you know, U M, um, Florida, Florida State. That's all I you know. Really know you UCF got that they got to work a lot harder to get in in, in, in that um group, but that's, that's I mean that's surprisingly that you're saying um Florida still in it because uh you know the people I talked to they, they they you know like I say I got kept telling them were well, they joking because I'm like Central Florida you sure like but they saying yeah like it's that's for real yeah. I mean, as far as him as a kid, I mean, I've seen him play at the uh, at the Under Armour camp, got a got a chance to speak to him as well. And he had a lot of great things to say about Mario Cristobal's staff and uh, as, as well as uh, Florida as well and UCF. Those are pretty much I thought at the time were his top schools. Uh, but he, he's a good player to to have on your roster. And to really kind of fill in gaps, like literally, because he's he, he's basically uh, an inside interior lineman. He was one of the top interior linemen at that camp. Um, I, I think Miami is 
probably backed off on, on trying to trying to recruit him because they're looking at bigger fish like David Hicks or whatnot. Mm-hmm. And what it kind of wants to save that spot for him. But um he, he's a solid player. And it'd be interesting to see where he goes tomorrow. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um I know um at that position, even the tackle position, um, you know, everybody keep I, I mean, I get asked this question every day, all day. Man, what's up with the D tackle position recruiting? And it's kind of hard to say because we we have so all our defense all our defensive tackles will be coming back next year besides two, and that's Miller and um uh, how you pronounce the guy the one who came from USC uh Lincoln Lincoln Smash how do you pronounce it like that yeah them two they the only two um the transfers we just got in they have extra years you know so. We'll basically have almost like eight D tackles coming back next year, you know. Um, and it, yeah, if you if you if you plan on playing right away, that's not a good look, you know. Um, unless you just fit, figure that you're better than those guys, so um, that's why I'm not crazy in a rush for that position because you know they'll eventually get somebody who they want at that position, and the fact that we have. You know what I'm saying? About eight coming back next year. You say, well, hey, um, let's load up on all the other positions. You know what I'm saying? Because it's all, you know, you can always go out there and get you some big D tackle every year. So, but let's load up on these positions of need, like linebacker, um, offensive line, defensive back, stuff like that, you know, defensive end. Uh, and they're doing a good job with that. So, I'm not too worried about the defensive tackle um, spot. What's up, Speedy? You finally decided to join us, huh? What's going on, bro? Nothing much, man. What's up, man? You know, Malik, Malik, Brad popped off today. What was that? What's good? I mean, that's all. That's all good, man. I mean, didn't you break down the linebackers today and the size, the size of the linebackers we got committed and the ones that we have on the team already? Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, all, the three linebacks we got on the committee um, class are all bigger than each linebacker we have um, outside of Chase Smith. And then, you, you know, you really don't even consider Chase Smith the traditional linebacker. You know, so everybody else on the staff. I mean, and then every Huff, but, you know, Huff, got he got to show us something. Everybody else is like 5'10", 5'11". Um, Keontra Smith, Corey Flagg. Um, Steve, you know, all those guys are short. Then, you know, you got Wesley. Wesley's a freshman. He's about 6'1", and, and, and so on and so on like that. But, you know, um, finally we're starting to get linebackers that look like linebackers. Um, Bobby, 6'3", 215. Raul Aguri, he's 6'2", 220. And then you got Malik at 6'2", 230. Um, and then they all run it. I'm talking about Bobby's a four four, um, and, and Malik and Raul are four six guys. That's moving for linebackers that they size. So, yeah, absolutely. I mean, uh, besides that's crazy. Besides David Hicks, uh, Cormani McLean, I would say Nicholas Harbor. Um, this this commit right here, I'm probably the most excited about because it really feels a need that the Hurricanes need, um, which is linebacker uh, that can 
that can also cover, but is mainly kind of an edge rush, edge rusher type of guy. But he's a guy who can get out there and cover like a, a running back popping out of the backfield, or um, you know, uh, a, a fast receiver coming out of coming out of the slot on underneath routes. He is, you know, a player that that really kind of solidifies that whole linebacker core. Now, when when you got now Gary, Bobby Washington, and now Malik Bryant, you, you solidify that position group for the class, and potentially those three can, you know, can you know grow together and, and really kind of learn from each other, learn from their strengths and weaknesses, and and really just grow. And um, yeah, it, it, it's it, it's one of the best, I would say, uh, linebacking um, cl- uh, classes that that they've had in some time, maybe. Not since you know the Quarterman and Pinckney and um, and McLeod days um, have you had three solid linebackers um, in a class. So, so yeah, I'm really excited about about Malik Bryant and, and what he brings. He's got a great story. Uh, he's a kid with kind of an edge on him as well, um, and it'll be interesting to see him play against the West too because Northwestern plays up there in Jones up there in Orlando at Jones um, uh, in a preseason game. So it'll be interesting to see um, what he does against one of our hometown teams. Yeah. Yeah. Um, This linebacker, I I, I think one of you, I think, um, I don't know if it was Michael or Michael, the other guy um, said, you know, um, he's the highest rated recruited linebacker we've had since 2008. And he said, um, what was his name? Raymond Buchanan was the was the highest rated, and I, I was trying to um, correct him to say um, I guess he forgot about Arthur Brown. You know, Arthur Brown was like number what three player in the nation or something like that. He was in that class. So, but yeah, now nah, this this class is man. It's I think what Charlie Strong did, did is he basically changed the linebacker room immediately. Like now, it goes from being one of the weakest position groups to maybe being one of the strongest just off of having Wesley last year and then adding them with these three this year. Right. Um, do, do you think that they are done though? You think they're still trying? To- well, the only, the only thing, cause people keep asking me that too. And I think the only thing happens is the numbers game. Now the numbers game, um, do they want to go over the 25 limit? Well, not the I mean, that's not the limit, but do they want to go over that 25 number and add more um, to the class? Um, I don't think they will um, add another linebacker because, you know, you don't want to over-recruit that position and then next year you got T.J. Caper sitting there. You know what I'm saying? So you want to, you want to say, well, we're going to recruit and then we're going to recruit other linebackers in the next year. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, Man, Vincent Shavers is also there. As yeah, well. Vincent wow. Shavers knows. So you, you definitely don't want to over-recruit that position and, and then be stuck next year saying, oh, well, you over-recruited last year. Um, And, I mean, TJ Caper said it. He's like, yeah, man, I'm looking at playing time. You know what I'm saying? He, he think he'll go in and start and play at any school he go to. So – you definitely don't want to just over over recruit at that position. 
Yeah, definitely. I think I, I think it goes back to when I asked Blake Baker in the press conference about linebackers, right? Um, and remember what he said. Oh man, I I don't even want to mention it, but yeah. Um, basically he he hinted that there there wasn't a lot of true linebackers in Florida or something like that, right? Yeah. Um, and and instantly and instantly we thought about. The, all the losses. I mean, all the battles we had in linebackers, and we were just losing them to Maryland and and other schools. We were losing them to everybody. Maryland, and we lost two to Maryland. Um, yeah. Uh, now I just think we're winning. We're winning a lot of those battles. Um, and what what he was saying is, it was just fluff. Um, it was it was actually just fluff. We got we got Steve Kimmy here, man. He from way out west. Um, <laughs> How you guys yeah, doing? Yeah, yeah, man. Like What's up, Steve? I met him last week, man, on on space, man. What's going on? Oh, I'm just another great day to be a Miami Hurricane. Um, you guys, you know what I think I, I really like about this linebacker recruiting? Um, our special teams have not been very good because I don't think we have very good depth at linebacker and defensive back, and that's basically the foundation of your special teams have to be good athletes that don't play a lot. And, you know, look, I don't think Pacquiao was a great coach. He wasn't exactly Joe Avanzano, but I think in the next year or two with this increased athleticism at linebacker, our coverage units are going to be a lot better than they have been. So and it matters on all three levels. So it's another great day to be a hurricane. Oh, man, speaking of that, that, that makes perfect sense. Um, the depth issue, you know, when you when you got to rely on um, your starters doing everything on offense, defense, special teams, you know, they get tired. Um, it becomes it, it becomes bad at the end of the season. Those players get worn out a lot faster. So when you have more depth, when you can say, well, we can put freshmen on the on the special teams and they'll go do the do the job. You you know, um now you could give other players, you know, a little bit of breathing room to to, to rest during the season, which is important. So yeah, um, that linebacker group just was being bad over the years. So Yeah, I mean, X, if you actually go back, I remember uh, if you go back to like the 2000 and 2001 when Butch really built this, Andre Johnson was actually on the kickoff return unit. He, yeah. Yeah, he did a little bit of returning, but he also made a few tackles. And then in 2001, the four freshmen that played, which was what, uh, Gore, Winslow, uh, Antrell Roll, and Sean Taylor – um, I think three of them, I don't think Gore played a lot of special teams, but the other three played on every special team coverage unit that there really was outside of PAT. So when people talk about redshirting, I don't think in today's football, you really redshirt highly touted guys because they want to get out there. They all have a three-year plan. So I, even if they're not going to start all these kids, like the one we got today, uh, like Malik, if they could play special teams, I'd throw them out there day one because we need more athleticism across every single special team unit that I've seen. Yeah, I agree. And, and, and it just it just breeds more competition. Um, you know, saying like, you know, basically, you know, you play special teams, it's a lot, you have a better chance of getting on the field at, um, on offense or defense when you go out there and show and do exactly what the coach wants you to do. So, um, you know, that's that's definitely what we needed. Uh, yeah, special teams just being horrible. We finally got some special team coaches um, that's going to, you know, guide us in the right way. Um, Frank is in the – we got Frank back. Frank in the building. Mike, Mike, Michael was in the building. What's going on, fellas? Y'all in here with us. What's up? 
How you guys doing? What's up, guys? What's up? What's going on, What's man? Going I see on? Mike. 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 Um, you the one you went down there to record. Um, I mean, you went down to the school to see um the, the officer tackle Frank. Frank. Yeah, I'm still, I'm still here right now. Uh, oh, you still there right now? Um, how how he looking? He looks good, man. He's big, man. Big, big, big like. I don't know. I, I mean, I didn't know his measurement. I think it said he like six five, three fifteen. I don't know if that's the exact weight or height. Um, you know, how tall you think he is? Yeah, he's he's up there. He's in that six five, six six range. He's he's big. He's strong. I talked to the South head coach Helder Valle, and yeah, we were just talking about how like he still got he's still like so raw of a player that he he's he's talented. He's so talented. He's still raw. Miami offered him just based on size. So just wait till he. You know, he, he polishes the game up a little bit, and, and this guy's a real the real deal. Okay, yeah. That's good. I mean, you know, hey, we'll take it, man. We'll take it. Yep. Frank, man, what's up, man? You, um, you, okay, uh, what's the guy? Well, John Walker, um, he commits tomorrow. Um, I, you know, I, from the people I've heard, they saying the Central Florida thing is real. Um, Marcus, Marcus saying he's, Decided to commit to Florida. Um, what what are you hearing? What which kid is that? Um, John Walker. John, John was Johnny Walker. I, yeah, yeah, John Osceola. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't got too much on him. I'm not gonna lie to you. You know, if if he's not a if he's not a Canes kid or a South Florida kid, mm-hmm. then I haven't really heard too much about him. You know, I haven't heard too. Much, what is he a D tackle or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's a uh, D tackle. Yeah, I, yeah, I couldn't tell you anything about that kid. Um, you know, I'm hearing good things about Jaden Bonsu though, so that's that's positive. Um, what are you hearing? Just hearing that, you know, uh, I know, uh, you know, he's been he's been meeting with some Miami people um, as of lately. You know, his family's, you know, dad is uh, seems to be buying into him coming in coming to Miami. Um, so that's a that's a good sign, um, you know, and. I think, you know, with the continued momentum in this class, you know, Malik Bryant committing today, um, you know, I, I think that could be the next uh, next kid that, you know, that falls in the class. I haven't heard on when he's going to be committing, um, but, I, but I'm definitely, you know, hearing good things about, you know, what what uh, Miami's doing with Bonsu. Yeah, same here. Um, yeah, there's no, no official date. Um, I, you know, I think. Well, I, I don't want to call him a silent commit, but you know, he basically could say he's a silent commit. Just um, any day, I you know, from what I originally heard was he, you know, him and Samson, and it's another name I, I'm missing that that they was you know going to commit right before the start of their football season, and and I think the start of football season pretty much starts like mid August, so um. You could probably see something popping off like that around that time. Uh, John Walker, uh, who was talking about X, uh, called me. Um, I mean, he didn't call me. <laughs> me and Hayes were talking about him this morning. Hayes, uh, who does the WRE videos, who breaks down the videos on these kids, kind of uh, called me early this morning going crazy over the kid and was wondering why we wasn't in it with him. Did you follow any of his recruitment? John Walker? Yeah. Yeah, um, I you know, UM was recruiting them. They was recruiting them hard, but um, as Marcus said, you know, we was going after big, we going after bigger targets. And I think he's another one that went up to Ohio State and probably fell in love. And I felt like you know it was the Ohio State thing. So, um, I left it alone. I you know I just didn't think UM had a chance at all. 
So then he 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 comes out and puts you him in his top five, and I was like, oh, okay, <laughs> you know, um, I didn't think it, I didn't think we still had a chance. And then, you know, the rumors that oh yeah, well Mario's and, and the staffs they starting to come after him strong lately. So the way Mario been recruiting like that, you know, you just never know. It could be something where he just say, hey, okay, I like you, woman. Let me go ahead and go there. But we'll see on um, tomorrow. I just don't, yeah, I just don't think we got a chance with him. Um, you know, um, we'll see tomorrow because he commits at twelve. Hey. What's up? I'm saying I'm hearing the opposite on on uh, on Bonsu. You hearing the opposite on Bonsu? Yeah, I'm hearing he, he he he's going to to OSU. A word? Well, I I mean I ain't hear nothing about that. I I think OSU from the people I talked to they 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 not moving on from him, but they was looking at another target. Um, and it just happened to be another target that we looking at too. Yeah, I mean. I could see OSU turning up the heat on Bonsu just because Caleb Downs committed to Bama today. Um, you know, I, I know that they were pretty zeroed in on Downs. He's, you know, arguably the number one safety in the class. So, I mean, obviously they could turn it up at any moment. They already the thing the thing that makes me confident that he ends up with Miami is that they already have a top ten kid in the class, and they've been focusing and they're recruiting on on two kids before they focus on Bonsu. While Miami's kind of centered their safety recruiting around Bonsu. So, you know, everything that I'm hearing in regards to the momentum going towards uh Miami, I'm I'm feeling pretty confident about it. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, yeah. I'm I mean, I'm still stuck with Bonsu. I, I think, you know, he he'll end up being in, in UM class. Um because uh the, the other kid, what's his name? Comrade, um, he's at St. Thomas, I think, you know. Ohio State looking at him too. So, you know, it might be now it might be, you know, um who 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 gets the you know the visit first? Would he you know if he comes to visit Miami or if he goes to visit Ohio State with that kid? But yeah, I am I'm, I'm I'm real confident with Bonzo. Um, you know, if it don't happen then it, it ain't a loss because our safety room still is deep. And it's um you could get kids. You could get kids in South Florida that play safety. So I'm not worried about that. My thing is, <laughs> if if we don't get Bonsu, right, and I haven't heard anything in regards to traction on this or, or anything like that, you got two of the best safeties in the country at St. Thomas Aquinas. I, I don't know why we're not going after King Matt like that. I've, I've been telling them, like, King Matt, get him. He's and right those there. Kids, those kids are in lockstep with each other, played on the same seven-on-seven seven team. We had a chance for to have both of them at DEFCON when we had Conrad with us. And and the thing about Conrad that intrigues me is he's got the positional versatility to play both corner and safety. I think if he played corner, you're looking at a top 10 corner nationally, in my opinion. I think he's probably a better better fit as a corner than he is a sa- at safety just because of his athletic ability. He's a former offensive kid, played running back and wide receiver all the way up through high school. Um, until about his junior year. So, you know, he kind of showed out in a rival showcase um, and then, you know, made that switch over completely. Um, well, King Mac, for me, would be like the perfect free safety type prospect to grab. He's already a top 10 caliber prospect. Uh, you know, I mean, it's not like Bonsu's, you know, a, a Herald product prospect. He's 
ranked 21st at the safety position. I love his film, but I'm saying like, I, I would love to see Miami ramp up the recruiting on Conrad Hussey and uh, King Mac. Those are just two kids that, you know, it would help build a pipeline to St. Thomas on top of getting two kids that are high, high caliber football players. You know, I was I was thinking the same thing about about those two guys, and I was actually at St. Thomas last week, so I had a chance to speak to King Mac, and um, he seems pretty locked in with Penn State, to be honest. Yeah, both of them do, uh, based on what he told me, because he he was just he, first he he didn't really say that Miami's continuing to, to to recruit him at all or or Conrad, but um, he said, and, and and to your point about them being in lockstep with each other, he said when, when Conrad first went up to Penn State, he was like, you know, obviously he, he basically committed like immediately afterwards. And King was saying that, yeah, based on what he told me, he was like, yo, you got to go up there. I'm going to let you I'm going to let you see, see it for yourself. And. And I know you're going to want to commit afterwards. So he goes up there and what does he do? He commits, ends up committing to Penn state. So he seemed really excited about going back up to Penn state. Um, he, he raved about, you know, the coaching staff and, and how that's where he wants to be. So I hate to say it, but I don't think there's really a chance that Miami kind of gets in. Well, there's always a chance, but I don't think it's a really good chance that Miami gets in the mix for either one of them. Uh, I mean, yeah, maybe, maybe, but I know, um, you know, he got family members. King Mac definitely got family members that love UM, so it's always an opportunity and a chance for that. Um, King Mac is basically a faster Jaquan Johnson. For those who don't know who that kid is, he plays at um, St. Thomas. He's he's a fast. He's a faster Jaquan Johnson. Yeah, fast is, is like almost an understatement when talking about King Mac. He runs one of the fastest 400 times in the country. Um, you know, he's he plays football fast. If you watch his highlight tapes, he's making one-handed snags all over the field. He's got a great range, especially for about a five foot ten kid. Um, you know, and he's one thing I will give credit to St. Thomas is that that it's one of the closest things to a college weight training program you can get in a high school setting. So you know, he's He's going to be one of those kids that is going to have an early impact at the college level. And listen, I'm, I'm sure he's, you know, a hard, hard lock, you know, to Penn State right now as those two kids are best friends. Um, but if you if you upped ante on that kid after losing Bonsu on both of them, you always got a chance, especially with a few months until uh, until signing day. Has he never seen an Al, uh, a Manny Diaz coach defense? <laughs> just kidding just, hey i have a question guys a uh, streeter and x and uh, frank and marcus uh, how many kids have expressed to you that they actually want to see how miami plays on the football field before making any decisions has that been expressed at all yeah uh, like yeah Hiking, like hiking williams and kids like that you know mostly it's mostly top end prospects I mean, jeremiah smith has said that too yeah jeremiah yeah. smith the 20 the 2024 class wants to see miami win um, you know, but if when you're talking about like the elite kids in 2023 um, that we haven't gotten the fold yet, the, those are the kids that are talking about they want to see it before, you know, they lock into it. Those 
mostly mostly the kids that are waiting till about midseason or closer to early signing day that are just kind of waiting out to see who's who's continuing uh, success on the football field. You had anybody tell you that, X? Yeah. Who, who, um, who told you? Know, even even Ruben Main said it. Um, Hakeem, Hakeem Williams, yeah. obviously. I can I can confirm. Yeah, Ruben um, Main that as well. Yeah, well, you know, the 24 kids, the 24 kids, they said a lot as much as everything is trending towards you well, but they say it. You know, they be like, well, we got to, you know, we want to see you on win. We want to see what they do. Um. As far as the top talent in South Florida, uh, I mean, outside of the ones who who aren't committed to you, um, yeah, just like Hakeem left, uh, I mean, Ruben Bain. I mean, even before Brandon Ennis committed to Ohio State, he said he wanted to see you on win. You know, um, he wanted to see how they looking. So, um, right. I guess you know it, it's a. I mean, that's what it is. You know, kids do want to see Miami win. You know, and um, it, they. Tired of oh yeah we gonna do this every year and then next you know it's a seven and five or four not a seven and five <laughs> I mean hey man um I don't know how many seven seasons seven win seasons we've had since you know two thousand and six <laughs> man we gotta get away from that man but well X we're basically averaging I think for the past twelve to thirteen years I think we're averaging right around four and a half to five losses every year. We've been consistently mediocre, take away 2017 and 16. Every other year from that point on, we've always had at least three losses. Sometimes yeah, yeah, six or seven. Ah, man, that's 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 oh, painful, right. man. Um, <laughs> I got a question we'll for you. But Streeter, go ahead and um introduce um the the, the um oh we got we got we got um six five two hundred forty pound two two twenty twenty five kid Wilson Telemac um at my from marketing the paste in here he was he was at Northwestern um I, I wonder what happened and that's this I got a question for Kim and some of the older King fans in here um I, mean, I got a question for Telemac uh um go ahead hit him with it my question what what happened at Northwestern big dog what, how you end up at Pace you uh. You uh, said what happened at Northwestern? Yeah. Okay. Uh, Go ahead. Well, it was more of a business decision that came yeah, down. I'm over the okay. So yeah. it was a business decision? Yeah, it was just the way Northwestern wanted to run their defense and the way I looked at it for my future, it just didn't like come with each other and connect. Okay. Well, listen, okay, well let well let's do this. Let's do this. Can you talk? Get a little more detailed in it. The way they wanted to run their defense, um, they, they were they changing something. It's not really a change. It's more as me as a big guy defensive end. It's more they use their linebackers as edge rushers, is which it's like they run a a three four kind of, but more blitzing wise. But right. I would say it got to the point where I think I was okay with the move at first. Then got some advice about it. And pace became the move. Well, X, is is this why we got the Jacory Hammonds and the Sam Brooks? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, right. Okay. Basically, because okay. um, you know, Max Max has been running that same defense since what ninety uh, ninety something. So right, since right. forever. Yeah, you know what right. I'm saying. He Max plays a uh, attack. He plays attack defense. You know, um, some sometimes it looked like he got five D linemen down there, but as he said. It'd be a, a linebacker, Ed Rusher comes to the line of scrimmage, and then, you know, once they say hi, they go um, Ja'Cory Hammett, um, Patrick Payton, um, you know, Sam Brooks, stuff yeah. like that. 
So it's all about um, speed and pressure with Max, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's exactly. all about speed and pressure, yeah. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, Kim, I got a I got a question for you. Let me see if I, I can work this. Kim and Rich and, and, and some of the older guys. Um, we all saw U- University of Miami dominate at one point in time, right? Um, and put up a fence, and Snellenberger did all of that stuff. Um, now Mario has came in like a tornado, bro, and, and changed so much and, and hit the ground running with recruiting. Um, is it possible you think that some type of fence can get put up in 2022 or, or the world is too small and the internet has changed all that and it's going to be a real fight? How do you, how, how do you feel about that, Kim? Well, Streeter, I, let me just say that I'm not really a recruiting expert like you guys, but I will say this. If you actually study the roster of the great Miami teams and you look at the all-time great Miami players, like they ranked them 1-100, to 100, our best teams that have won national titles – they've always been about a third to 40% outside of South Florida. Mm-hmm. So the, the fence is actually much harder to put up than it was 30 years ago. Cause I think there's too many schools like Georgia, Alabama, Ohio state. They're always going to get their share of players. I, I actually think Mario and I could be wrong. is going to have certainly an emphasis on the braid doubt, uh, braid uh, Dade and Broward County, but I think he's going to be a national recruiter. I, I really do, just looking at what he's done the last nine months since he got the job. And so if you actually just really study our rosters, we've gotten players from Ohio, New Jersey, Texas, California. We've even gone into New Mexico in the past. Uh, we've gone into Texas a lot, Louisiana. Miami is a national brand. I, I, I actually think outside of Notre Dame, they're probably the second most powerful national brand when they're really good. I, I get the sense that with the nature of the Dade County kids really wanting to leave a lot of times, that it's almost a necessity. I don't think there's ever going to be a fence. I think Miami has to be able to get about half of the top 20 every year or be in play. And then if you look at what, what he's doing, Mario's going to have a national emphasis. I heard this kid, Jerrion Dickey from the Bay Area, he's suddenly on the radar. I think that's what you can expect uh, moving forward is a national perspective with the central focus kind of being on the Miami area. Gotcha, gotcha. Rich, um, go ahead. To, go ahead, Rich. To, yeah, to piggyback on that, uh, I think there that you will see more of a fence around um, the state of Florida, but it's going to be the entire state first and foremost. And the reason I say that is when you brought up Steve Kim, when you brought up Jerrion Dickey, the first thing I, talk, I thought to myself was, well, before we were recruiting Jerry on Dickey as hard as we are, we were going after um, Jalen Brown. We were, we were going after Hakeem harder than that. So we tried to get our top top tier guys to stay in the, in, in the state. And of course, Hakeem is not committed yet, but um, you know, it just didn't happen this year. I think in subsequent years, it will happen. Um, But I do agree that you definitely want to have a national focus because that's just, I mean, we live in a a global society. There's just no way you can recruit from Florida when you know that certain areas produce uh, specific positions that uh, year in in, year out and and train those positions to be uh, better coming out of high school. So. But I do think that we will get that fence around South Florida and it, it, it will get back to the point where, you know, a hometown kid says, you know what, you know, why not Miami before, you know, 
thinking about leaving out of state. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, I, I don't know. I don't think the 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 the, the fence is is that much is that important anymore because, uh, like you say, Steve, it's you. Miami is a national brand, you know. So, um, look what Mario's done. We we haven't gotten the office alignment from the state of Florida. I don't think we did that in probably like maybe two years. So. You, the fence is, is open. You want to go outside that fence and get your office alignment. You know, um, Miami, South Florida just haven't had top office alignments like that. So you go out, you go outside, you get your top office alignment. Um, outside of uh, Leonard Taylor, um, I don't know. I think uh, who was the last top defensive tackle outside of Leonard Taylor? And um, y'all help me out. Who? It's been like Marcus Foster. It's Ooh. been like Nesta Silveras and, and kids Nesta like Silvera, you know, like outside of those, we haven't gotten that talent in South Florida. So you got to go outside um, friends. Um, I coach, I, you know, the, the former coach, Blake Baker, I don't know what, what he was thinking about linebacker. We just didn't recruit linebackers. So, I, I, um, go ahead. Go ahead, Jermaine. In the portal, in the portal. I don't know what just happened to me. <laughs> but guys, that's, you know, that's kind of why if you're going to have a national focus, let's say you have a 70-30 ratio of Florida to national guys. So seven out of ten guys are going to be from South Florida or Florida. The rest, the 30% are going to be national. I'm not going to lie to you. The, the Big Ten, that alignment, I know there's rumors now that the Big Ten is going to try to make a move at Miami. I actually think if you're going to have a national focus, that conference, I don't actually mind going to the Big Ten because now you're covering all of America, all the way to the West Coast with UCLA and SC, and there's certain markets. So I mean, there's, it's kind of a downside. There's an upside to both conferences. But if you're going to have a national focus the way Mario is, going all the way to Las Vegas, I think Bishop Gorman's always going to be a school that we look at. Modern Day's a powerhouse program. Miami's been on a couple of players from uh, Modern Day. Never gotten one. We've had one guy from Long Beach, Paulie Von Talamac, like 15 years ago. But <laughs> yeah. I, I kind of I like the idea of the Big Ten um, as much as I do the SEC. There's no perfect situation. But um, I think 70-30 has always been a pretty good mix for Miami. What, what was yeah. Von Talamac yeah. most famous play, X? Oh, Say what? What was Von Talamac most famous play? Um, his most famous play. Yeah. Oh man. Happened at the uh, Hard Rock Stadium. Cause I remember. I may be dead as wrong. <laughs> what would I remember? Was it against Georgia Tech? Against Oklahoma? Oh, you talking about when he mm. hit those? That wasn't him who hit. Uh, no, that was Ray Ray Armstrong, yeah, wasn't that was it? Ray Ray. Yeah. That was Ray Ray. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah that was Ray Ray who Same hit the running back. So, so what am I? What am I remember? What did Von Tellerman do? Vaughn's Von's best play was an Al Golden's first year. We're about to go down 14 nothing, and he had a diving interception in the back of the end zone. It's the only time I saw him make a play on the ball at Miami in four years. <laughs> I thought he was the one who flipped the running back. That was Ray Ray flipped. What was the running back? That was Ray Ray, number yeah, that 26. Was Ray that Ray was on uh, DeMarco yeah, Murray. DeMarco Murray, yeah. Yeah, yeah DeMarco Ray, Ray, went Ray in the air. Over him. Yeah. yeah, they always tell running backs, stay on the ground. Don't don't go into the air. <laughs> he got drilled. <laughs> I thought that was tough, Mac Dog. Can you guys yeah, hear me now? Nah, um, we can hear you now, Jermaine. What's up? Okay. No, so 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 I'm gonna 
agree with uh, uh, Richard. I think Mario is going to put the fitness back up because we have to. Um, I, I know, you know, Miami is a national brand. We always knew that, but I think in our past, we we couldn't compete with the with the big schools because we weren't like winning. So we couldn't keep the kids at home, and we couldn't recruit nationally. And I think Mario is, is going to change that that whole narrative. Yeah, and just from the sheer numbers. Uh, I think it was 247 who put this out. But I think over the past 10 years, the state of Florida has produced, uh, I think, 326 kids that, has gone, that have gone to the NFL. The next closest uh, state is Texas at like 256, and then Cali at uh, 226 or something like that. So it wouldn't really, it wouldn't serve us well to not be the premier brand uh, when it comes to college football in our own state when we just see the numbers and we know what they are. So we definitely want to secure the state. And I would have to say, yeah, 70-30 is a great ratio. So we're not we're, – we're splitting hairs when we're talking about 60-40 versus 70-30. But 70-30 is a great ratio um, because you do want to get those big guys like you know, we, we got a lot of we got some Hawaiian flavor now. And I don't think we've we've ever really had, um, in, you know, Samoan guys or, or Hawaiian Rock. guys, you know, in Miami like that. I don't, I, correct the, me if I'm wrong. Rock or the Rock. Just the Rock. Yeah, that's it. And, and he, right, was and he, was Bethlehem, he was from Bethlehem, PA. So he, he, it's like calling me Korean, even though I've lived my whole life in America. I'm really more American than Korean. You know, so. <laughs> I love it, though. I mean, I remember like Jersey has been a really good pipeline. When I think of Bonsu in Jersey, I think of Greg Mark, Danny Stubbs, uh, Gilbert. I think Gilbert Valdez, Howard Clark, James Lewis. Um, that's been a real a Jamal Green. He was a really good player for us. I remember a time in the eighties, um, Hubbard Alexander, our old wide receiver coach. Uh, he used to get Chicago a lot. So we had Andre Brown and Russell Maryland. When Miami's cooking, I'm just telling you, they could they could recruit nationally as well as Notre Dame. I actually think they're more I think they're a favorable program to a lot of kids that want to get out because it's it's a metropolitan city, it's a good school. Um and then you just gotta really convince the parents the, the school is actually in Coral Gables. I have to explain that a lot. I, I always tell people like UCLA is not really in LA, it's in Westwood, which is a really nice area, but it's not LA. Like USC, that's LA. UCLA is Westwood, and it's like two different worlds. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, I've been telling people, I say, man, Carl Gables is not in the, the like, the no. nowhere near the heart of the city. <laughs> that's where the Fresh Prince would have moved with Uncle Phil if he was in the Dade County, Coral Gables. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, yeah, so fellas, um, we, we got um, we got um, some more recruits that's supposed to be popping pretty soon. Um, Connor, Connor Lou, I haven't heard much of his situation. Um, maybe Frank or Marcus could uh, could speak on that. I haven't heard much about Connor Lou. I just don't know. Um, I I'm thinking it may be Clemson for him. Um. I think he's from South Carolina, if I'm not mistaken, or Georgia. He's from Georgia, I think. X, I'm hearing it's Miami or Georgia. You hearing it's Miami or Georgia with that kid? Yeah, that's what that's what one of the insiders told me. 
I don't know anything. I'm just passing along info. <laughs> okay, yeah. I mean, I haven't heard anything. Uh, you know, I asked, I asked the other day about him, and they, you know, was like, man, they don't know. So, um, yeah. The the only thing that I know because I asked about him too is that they're still actively recruiting him. That that's that's basically all uh, that I could get about Connor Lou. That they're still want him to be a part of the class. So it, it's it's really kind of up to him and. And, um, you know, him weighing his options to see if Miami is going to be the pick for him. And what yeah, about so, Monroe Freeling? Say, say what? The the kid from uh, Charleston, South Carolina, or Mount Pleasant, Monroe, Monroe Freeling. Freeling. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, they heavily recruited him. Um, I, think, I think he'll end up in the class, him and Samson, um, along with Kinsley. Um, I just don't know if they – I mean – I think Connor Lou he commits next week if I'm not mistaken. So um, yeah, maybe if Kinsley if Kinsley commits to us tomorrow, I don't know if they take Connor Lou. Um, but you know, that, I don't know. That's, that's how I'm thinking as well, to be honest, because there, there's got to be somebody who's the odd man out here because I, I don't think they get all three: Freeling, uh, Lou, and Kinsley. I mean, that it just essentially doesn't make sense with the guys that you already have with Trip and and Tinalu already on the on the roster. Yeah, yeah, I agree. So we'll see how things play out um, with that. Um, what else? What else we got? Um, oh, um, the, the the barbecue, the barbecue coming up next week. Um, and uh, what else is next week? The, the the Canes Fest, the Canes Feast is next week. Um, and then, you know, practice starts on Friday, actually. So, um, you know, a lot of people have been asking me about the depth chart, who they think, who I think gonna start. Streeter, how many, how many, how many times we go over this starting list, man? Like it's all it's almost like every time we do a show, they say, Well, who's gonna start? I'm like, man, look, uh, you know we're gonna be talking about that from now until the first game. Who's gonna start? <laughs> whoever whoever got the biggest. Listen, it's three whoever it's three positions on the team. Room. I keep telling people that's gonna start. That's T V D, he's gonna start no matter what. Zion Nelson is going to start no matter what, and Lewis Hadley is going to start no matter what. <laughs> and Carter, Carter, I say he's going to start no matter what. He, Carter, who? <laughs> Carter, who hold on, Manny's gone, Streeter. <laughs> Manny Diaz is gone. <laughs> he might have gotten a seventh year at Penn State, but he's not starting here. He's <laughs> always killing in the weight room and end up right, right back ahead of us uh, on the depth chart. Yeah, yeah. So I don't. I mean. Outside of those three, I don't know. It's an open competition for everybody. Um, you know, um, I, I used to say James Williams is a is an automatic starter, and I still think he's an automatic starter. But he's gonna have to work for it. It's not gonna be given to him, and he don't want to give it to him. He want to work for it. So, X, I I think uh, Jalen Rivers is a guaranteed starter. I just think the question is, do we kick him out to right tackle or does he stay at guard? I think he's our second best lineman. Jalen Rivers. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I think, yeah. Um, I, but they, I think they like Skafe at right tackle, which is why Rivers will be the left guard. They like they, they kind of love Skafe at left tackle. Okay, you know, so, and, you know, and it relates to James Williams. I know, I, I'm sure you guys have talked about who's going to play at safety, but I mean, a lot of teams play a jumbo, uh, like a dime package with three safeties: a Kim Kitchens and. Avante, like, there's going to be certain games they're probably going to play like 
50 snaps together, depending on the personnel packages. I think Steele's going to really shuffle the deck. He's probably going to play about, what, 21, 22 guys. That, that's basically the rotation for most good defenses now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, gonna, it's definitely going to be a, a major three-safety um, impact with, with the defense because you can just do so much with Avante Williams and James Williams. You can interchange change both of them. One can go to the star or the money position, and the other could be the free safety. Um, so, yeah, I mean, and Coach still said, he's like, yeah, man, I'm, um, I'm definitely going to put plays where all three safeties are on the field together. Yeah, Taylor does that with Aranda, uh, Coach Aranda. They do a lot of that three safety yeah, stuff. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, nowadays, if you don't have def- uh, defenders that could transition from the second level and play out in space to the third level, if you play a certain spread team, the days of the David Fulcher, Lee Flowers, <laughs> heavy in the box safety, those, those guys are like dinosaurs. They really don't exist that much anymore. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now nah, you definitely need those type of safeties to come in and play in the box. Um, because you just need that speed when you when you have playing against a team that has speed that's spread out. Um, you just need that speed. But yeah, you know, everybody keep they asking me about the defensive line. Um Man Streeter said it the other day, like we you know, you basically gonna have a whole new starting defensive line that didn't start last year for you on. Um Frank Marcus, who you, who you got? Y'all, y'all think who y'all think gonna start on the defensive line? I think Leonard Taylor is gonna is going to crack that um that starting lineup. I mean that's that's just me. I I, I think he's gonna gonna crack that lineup. Um, I think Mitchell Agude. He's the obvious choice though, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, as far as the the non transfers, you know, um, I think he's the guy. Um, I think Mitchell Agude is gonna start. Um, and I do think. Uh, Akeem Mesador is also going to start as well. Now that fourth Akeem Mesador and who else? Mitchell Agude. Oh, Mitchell. Okay, Mitchell Agude. He's he's playing defensive end. That's right. Okay. Yeah, transfer. Um, so Street is that that's the guy that's the guy that was at practice, but he couldn't he couldn't dress out right. Mitchell Agude. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, he would work out every day after practice with one of the coaches. I saw that he do his own drills. Okay, I'm Mitchell Gooding. Okay, go ahead, go ahead, Marcus. Yeah. Um, and the th- the third guy. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it it could be a lot. That 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 spot for me is is up for grabs. So whoever's next to uh, Leonard Taylor, uh, that that I'm not I'm not quite sure who who is gonna fill in. Man, that you got you spot. got you got uh, uh, Daryl Jackson who came over from Maryland. Yeah. Yeah, you got you got Jordan Middle, Jordan, Jordan Middle, Miller, Miller yeah. Um, yeah. Lucas, Lucas, him. I just don't think like Harrison Hunt. You're gonna need someone like all those guys are ranging from like 270 to 285 pounds, right? So you're gonna need a guy that either can play a zero or a one that has a little bit of weight to him, can two gap, can you know be that trench setter in the middle of the defensive line. I personally think it's going to be Jordan Miller just because of, you know, how he fits into that, you know, front. He doesn't necessarily need to be a pass rusher, um, you know, and you got that impact, you know, interior guy who can get to the quarterback. That's Leonard Taylor. Um, you know, I think that they're probably going to run some, you know, some fronts where they got, you know, more athletic guys on the interior, a combination of Leonard Taylor or a Lichtenstein or somebody along those lines. Um 
I think that Jafari Harvey's probably going to have one of those defensive end spots. I think he's just, you know, a big time athlete. Chance Williams might contend for one of those spots or be a rotational guy. You know, I think they're just, they're good pass rushers. We've seen it before. We've seen flashes of it in the past. Um, they, you know, they were both big time high school kids. Um, so I, I think those two kids are going to be potential uh, impact guys at defensive end, especially with, you know, being under the tutelage of a Jason Taylor and, and, and being in a different scheme. Frank, I, I get the sense in practice if, if whoever can actually have some gap and in lane integrity and actually take on blockers. There's a problem I had with the DS system. Everyone was trying to be a matador and, and not not actually take on contact, and they're trying that spin move. Like, I was actually surprised Leonard Taylor made any type of watch list because – I don't think his pad level was any good. I, I think that's a kid that really needed like a whole new level of coaching to rebuild from the foundation of. I, I actually get the sense that whoever's going to get the base amount of snaps are going to be the guys who are be willing to be more physical up front and to be able to scrape against blockers and just hold their lane. We were terrible at that the last couple of years. Well, yeah, the scheme was, was the scheme was terrible the last couple of years. That's why I was like that. It was just horrible. Um, you know, players were taught to just get upfield. They didn't have no uh, lane gap integrity. Um, that's why linebacker play was bad because you know they the, the deep line getting upfield and the offensive line going straight to go block the uh, the linebacker. <laughs> you know, so they the linebacker getting pushed back thirty yards and. Now you got a North Carolina game all over again. So, but yeah, nah, it's, it's definitely gonna be a difference um, with the defense. Um, we we got so many, we got a bunch of transfers that that defense and tackle spot. Well, it's just I just don't know. I know LT most likely gonna definitely get a spot. The the other spots I just don't know, man. We we'll have to see during practice because we didn't see Jackson there. We didn't see. Um, Mesador, that's the kid from West Virginia, right? Mesador, yeah. Mesador, um, the other kid, the one who came from UNAB, um, um, oh Moultrie, 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 still there. You know, you got Miller, you got Lincoln Stein, you got Harrison Hunt. Um, it's I just don't know. You know, I just don't know. We'll see. So, um, so X, when you say a new start in defensive line, are you talking about? With Lennon Taylor or without Lennon Taylor? When you say new, so you're saying Lennon Taylor didn't start last year? Yeah, he didn't start. Lennon Taylor no. didn't start last year. The only ones who started last year is um, Harvey. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could say Miller sometimes. Miller, because um, he did start sometimes, some games. But I just don't, you know, I don't know. Um, maybe Harvey starts. Maybe he gets one of those spots. But it's going to be it's going to be a battle. Um. I just don't know the rest of the spots, man. I, I you know, even with Leonard Taylor, he's gonna have to earn that spot too. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I heard Taylor has some some growth and um some 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 maturing to do. Um so it may be a fight for him again too, man. With all the talent that he has, um with um yeah, it still may be a fight for Taylor to get in the starting position. So you know, we basically might see a whole new start in front seven. Um the only I mean we know, you know, maybe James Williams, um, Tyree Stevens going to probably have a spot. Cam Kitchens and Vontae, you know, they'll probably change and stuff like that. I mean, Tyreek, I, I would say 
you can guarantee he's going to start, right? Yeah, he is. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. You got to put him in there as one of your guaranteed starters. Yeah, yeah. No, Every he, time. He'll definitely be a guaranteed starter. Um, I, no, that, I mean, I keep telling people outside of um, our, se- our secondary, I think our secondary is pretty going to be pretty good. With the addition to Porter, um, giving Avante a full year now, uh, James Williams, Cam Kenzie's a full year. You get Al Blaze back. Um, you still got Gilbert, France, France. Still got TC. TC. I like TC at that nickel spot. I, I, that's just you me. say you like you like to Curry to Corey Couch at nickel. Yeah, I like to Corey. To oh, Corey man. Um, I don't know, man. He 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 kind of had a bad year. With he had a sophomore slump. Yeah, he still has the quickest feet, though. He, he still has the quickest feet and the smoothest hips, I think, out of all the corners. Gonna the right, he's going to be in the right spot. He's a hard ass worker, right? I mean, those are the type of things that you want to transition to a new, with the new coaching staff, right? Like the guys that are going to do everything right. Not saying Outplay isn't going to do everything right, but I mean, Takori's a, a cover guy. You know, we've seen Al Blades, you know, struggle in coverage at moments as well. Um, you know, I know he's, you know, prototypically, you know, a bigger player than Tori Couch, but, you know, I, I don't know. People forget, Couch in that COVID season, take away the bowl game, he had a five-game stretch where he was probably one of our better defenders. He's a good little corner blitzer, too. He's got a good feel. I, I thought he played really well, and then last year, I guess his mom even said he had some personal issues, and so his play slumped. Hey, like the rest was, of the that defense. Was, that, that was Manny's only successful blitzer right there. Was Scout. That's his favorite <laughs> goddamn blitz. Yeah, I mean, I, I like, I love, I love to Corey Council. I just don't know. Um, when he was in that slot position and the ball got ran towards him, he just didn't do a good job um, getting off the block, making the tackle and stuff. So maybe. Maybe he got his head together. Um, maybe the coaching is a lot better. Where he understands that's what that's his job. Hey, hey, X, X, I tend I tend to lean on what you said before. Like all those kids had some bad shit going on last year. It was a rough year for those kids and that staff. So I tend to lean on that. You know what I'm saying when you said that. So uh, I'm looking forward for a bounce back year for them. To everybody, remember Al Blaze had his slumps too. You know everybody was regressing under Manny. So um, I, you know, I think Couch would be. I think Couch is our best cover corner. So I think they'll all bounce back. He'll learn how to tackle without having to try to tackle somebody and do a damn donut roll and shit. So I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I, I don't look for Couch to be a, a, a physical type corner anyway. Like, you, like everybody's mentioned, he's a great cover corner. And if he can be great at that, uh, he'll he'll definitely always ha- have a spot or packages where he comes in. He is smaller, so so. I mean, when you play bigger running backs, I, I don't know how much you're going to play him, but uh, he does a great job in general at, at at coverage. We, I mean, so so yeah, couch couch and blaze blaze haven't been that bad in coverage. Um, I think the thing with blaze was always him just turning his head around so he could make a play on the ball. Um, I don't know what was that about. I think that, that was the problem with uh, DJ Ivy as well. Yeah, yeah. I don't know what that's about with with, with our cornerbacks. They just did, wasn't turning their head around to get to make a play on the ball. Uh, but now we see they doing that a lot better. Um, hopefully it, it, it adds up on the field where we could um, start getting more turnovers and stuff like that. But now 
I just think we we are better suited with depth wise all all, all across the board. Uh, maybe only linebackers still don't have the depth that you need, but we bought in a transfer with Caleb Johnson. Um, you have Chase Smith who's back. He he he'll be ready to go. Wesley'll be ready to go. Um, you know, to go along with Keontra Smith, Steed, and Flag, Avery Huff. Um, am I missing anybody at the linebacker position? Um, yeah, I think that's it. So, yeah, you got those names. So maybe linebacker is still the only position that we just don't have the, the depth that we need. Well, you got, but we you consider you consider Frierson a, a linebacker or? Um, That's a good question. That's a good question. Um, oh, You forgot Ragon. Who? Ragon, Ryan Ragon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, Ryan Ragone, he's there. Um, and, and, and I mean, he 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 actually be the the only linebacker in the right spot when in his offset is done. Yeah, it's great to be in the right spot, but you sometimes gotta make a play too, man. Yeah, you gotta, you gotta do something. But yeah, go back to your question, Frank, with with Gilbert. Um, I don't know. I don't. I, me personally, I wouldn't call him a linebacker. Um. Yeah, I mean, and I don't think he wants to play linebacker because he don't want to take on those blocks every every play that a linebacker have to take on. So I won't put him there, but he could, you know, he's interchangeable. He could play the linebacker position. He could play the star, the money position. Um, he can get out there and cover in the slot. Um, and he could play safety position. So, hey, well, X, if 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 we got so we got Caleb over with Keontre and Chase. And I guess hopefully an emerging huff. That's not enough for that's, that's not enough to say like the depth might be kind of sufficient since we only were playing two of those guys at the time at the same time. And sometimes we might even just play one. Okay, so you saying the, the say the four names again? You said I said um, Caleb, Keontra, Chase, hopefully Huff, and and hopefully Wesley. I mean that hey, might. You be. just forgot about uh, Steed and Fly. Oh, that's that's what I was about to say. You can't throw out Steed, Steed, I Steed. Kinda, yeah. When Steed my on, bad. Steed be on though. So like, he just got to stay on. Well, yeah, okay, my bad. Steed and Flag. So I we're, we're only two guys playing at the same time, pretty much the whole the majority of the game, and sometimes one. I, that might be kind of sufficient for right now. It just might not be as, as as superior as we would like it, but. Well, um. I mean, the depth is there. I mean, naturally there. But what I'm saying is we need the effectiveness on the field. Um, you know, we just can't have linebackers out of position anymore when they're supposed to be in the right position or, or calling the defense and stuff like that. Uh, we, we're not really supposed to have a safety leading the team in tackles. That You know, we got to stop that. You know, if you got linebackers, linebackers are supposed to lead the team in tackles. So... Yeah, let me ask y'all something for those of y'all in the know who's actually at the practices. There's one kid, man, I haven't heard anything about this kid at uh, defensive tackle. Is he still on the team, Alan Hay? Alan, he Hay still still Alan Hay had a good spring, actually. Alan Hay had a real good spring. The problem, the problem with Alan, you know, some kids get cut off at the knees, right? I mean, Alan's only about six foot, six one. Um, you know, he might be in the rotation as that guy who can play that one or a zero. You know, he's a big, strong, strong kid that, you know, has has good feet. You know, he had six sacks his, his senior year at Chaminade um, as an interior guy on a loaded defensive line. Um, 
But I mean, it's just there's a lot of talent on the defensive line. I mean, you, you see how many transfer kids we've brought in. It's gonna be, it's gonna be hard for everybody to get on the field. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Um, you know, probably, you know, probably a sit. I'm not gonna say sit, but you know, you won't get as much as playing time this year. But um, he did have a good spring. Uh, um, you know, because we for one, we was missing a lot of players anyway. But he did have a good spring. Um, so, but we'll see how you know um fall camp start next week man and i think everybody on the team is going to push each other harder um especially for playing time because you know a lot of those kids want to play hey X. what's up what's up yeah i was talking about corners i ain't hear anybody mention uh daryl porter man what y'all think of him well he just he just got here um so we got to see what he does. You know, as of now, he's he's probably we think he's going to play. Um, but you know, um, the, the other guys were there during the spring. You know, if you was there for spring, nine times out of ten, you're going to play before somebody coming late in the summer. You know, um, the only players I think playing who who going to play will be mostly you know the D line, the D line, and, and maybe Caleb Johnson because he's the he's the one linebacker that we got in the portal, but. As far as cornerback, um, is you know you got Ivy, you got Blaze, you got the Corey Couch, you got Stevenson. Don't um, forget Dunson. You got Dunson. You got. Marcus I thought he Clark. flashed a little bit. Long, tall body. I actually liked what I saw out of him in practice. I thought, yeah, 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 I thought yeah, yeah. he no, got the way of guys. Everybody, everybody loves Dunson. Um, he's definitely going to be somebody that's playing um, this year. So we'll see. I mean, I'm, I'm expecting Porter to get one of those spots um because he's a competitor you know uh, we'll just see how that goes with him though you see him playing inside or outside Ugh. maybe maybe outside because i could see them telling tyreek to go inside um because you could do it maybe you could do a lot more things with tyreek um as far as with blitzing him being a better tackler um and, and, and you know if, if the Corey Couch is our best cover guy, which I think he is, you, you maybe want to put Corey on your on a best receiver and let you know let Tariq go out there and, and make a play. I, I had a, I, I had a question. I had a question when y'all were talking about the linemen and talking about who you would take. Um, they were saying something about when Ken, if Kendall commit, you might not take the other one. With us, with us not having a cap for um for two years. What do you think positions they'll load up on the class and just worry about, like, in the spring? Uh, offensive line, wide receiver, and, yeah, offensive line, wide receiver, um, and maybe defensive end because you might – you could lose. You could lose to defensive end. And, and, um, a, and another – Go ahead, Jermaine. What you saying? Hey, 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 going back to uh, going back to corner, man. That shit like call out the names of the DBs and the corners and shit. That got me excited to see like Kevin still roll out one of them weird ass packages where it's like five and six fucking DBs, six seven DBs on the field and shit, man. That's yeah. that's some shit I'm waiting to see, bro. Yeah. That got me excited. My phone, had yeah. Cut. Let's just hope we don't we don't do that again, in North Carolina. <laughs> yeah, my phone had cut out when I was about to ask a question too about uh about Dickie. You think it's real smoke with him, the wide receiver that's coming, or what do you think? No, 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 I don't think it's nothing with him. I think that he's on vacation and he just visited the school that he visited before. Um, 
hey, hey, I don't think it's really no smoke with him. Just one. Just one. Huh? I can't touch on anything right now. Just one. Oh, okay. There's there's 100% real smoke. 100% real smoke. Oh, okay. Well, maybe it's real smoke. I, I don't know. The kid, I just the kid has, about, the kid has a strong. Day. The kid has the kid has a strong relationship with Rashada. He's you know he 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 really blended in well with the South Florida kids. You know it, it's the kid. The one thing I'm going to say about the kid is the kid committed to Oregon because they were the one of the first schools to recruit him. Right? They were one of the first schools to continuously go hard at him. Right? If if you know anything about the kid, the kid is not like. He's not into like the whole recruiting process real crazy. He the kid's a fisherman. He's he's a laid back kid, one of the most polite kids I've ever interacted with in this it, it, you know, through my time of covering high school football. He is he just he just wants to play football. That's the one thing about that kid. So if there's a chance for him to go with his quarterback, which is Jaden Rashada in seven on seven, right? The guy that they've built a strong relationship with, and I've talked to several kids. That say that Rashada is is on everybody's ass in recruiting, right? Like he's the kid. He's he he might not be the kid out front, like Trip or something like that, but he is behind the scenes working his magic in this class. So if you see some smoke with Dicky, it's not it's nothing fake. Put it that way. Okay. Yeah, okay. Rashada like another Brantley. I was just gonna uh, concur on that because I, I spoke with him as well when I was um, at the OT seven and I thought the same thing about him. Like he's a really, you know, solid uh, kid. And he told me that he was waiting for an an offer from a school in Florida. He said he was waiting for that offer because he just likes Florida and he wants to come down to the, to the state. Uh, I mean, as you know, just a visit and to play is a definite possibility for him. And then you add that with, you know, his chemistry that he had with Rashada. I mean, it was definitely the best chemistry that I saw when I was watching my Immortals play. And he was clearly the best receiver on that team. And that's a team with Robbie Washington um, on it and Jalen Brown. So it it makes sense for Miami to go after a kid like that. And um, also want to say, yeah, uh, Rashada is is, uh, spearheading – you know, recruiting um, other players uh, to to the um, to the class, and he he even started a group chat with all the commits. He started it, and every time a player commits, Rashad is the one who adds them to the group chat. So, so yeah, I, I definitely believe what Frank's saying about the the smoke with uh, Jury on ticket. Ooh, okay. Well, I'm liking I'm liking what I'm hearing there. <laughs> hey, liking that. Was up? Somebody had a question. Yeah, I had a question about Brooks. Did he enter the portal? About who? About Sam Brooks. He entered the portal. Um, dang, Jermaine. <laughs> we, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to say about Sam Brooks. Um, he's he's still enrolled at the school. That's all I know. Yeah, he's. He, uh, I don't want to say it, but he's he, he's still in school. Yeah, he's still enrolled at University yeah, of Miami. That's the only thing we can say. Yeah, that's all we know. Okay, okay. I just seen. I ain't seen him on the roster, and I ain't heard no announcement about it. Yeah, no, he's he's still in school. I don't. I mean, I don't know. That's it. We just know he's still enrolled (laughs) at the school. (laughs) Nobody really knows officially. Um, you know, 
they won't they won't even tell us what's really going on. All we know is he's still in the road at the school. But X, all those names you mentioned defensively with the uh, linebackers and defensive backs, see right there, that's a good foundation of special teams units. Now, those are athletes. If you coach them up, already that's an upgrade from what I've seen on the coverage units, punt and kickoff. Yeah, yeah, I agree, um, especially um, on kickoff, The you know, because um, our kickoff coverage has been bad. You know, teams are averaging almost – getting to the 40 yard line on us uh that's not supposed to happen uh so yeah definitely need to know those fast and guys who can make tackles and stuff like that with that but yeah i mean anybody else got another question or something like that yeah that's that's good news about that receiver i didn't you know i i just heard about it today i didn't really pay no mind um i'm definitely gonna you know start checking see what's good with that but I just ain't know, but you know they saying it's smoke, then it's smoke. So guys, what, what what's up with that that uh, receiver turned cornerback during the Manny Diaz era from uh, forget the part of Florida he from? You talking about Malik, um, Malik Curtis? Yeah, Malik Curtis. What, what's going on with Malik Curtis? What's his status? Um, I mean they got him at cornerback. We've heard things about them moving him to to receiver. Um, as of now, still he's still listed as a cornerback. Um. He's probably one of the only ones I haven't seen post a picture about his body with how they working out. I haven't seen it yet, which you know I would love to see it because he was really like a stick, a stick figure. So a very yeah, he might he might just be one of those Travis Benjamin types, you know. Man, we say that all the time. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, you know. we we I mean we want him to look. He's probably one of the fastest guys on the team, so we want him to get. Something with the ball in his hands, uh, and obviously, I don't think he's going to play no time soon playing cornerback. Um, I think it would have been best for him to, to transition to the offensive side of the ball, but I don't know. We'll see next week. Um, we'll see which color jersey he's wearing if he's wearing a white or he's wearing the green jersey. That's the type of guy you just. Stick out there, see if he can return kicks or punts, because we need some explosiveness back there in the return game. Yeah, I mean, that's naturally what you would do as a coach, but uh, we, we obviously didn't have a special team coach. I don't know the guy's name. Um, I still haven't seen that coach uh, a day in my life. <laughs> but oh, we got some special team coaches now, so maybe he'll, maybe he'll start returning some punts or some uh, kickoffs. You know what I want to see, X? I want to see... Lou Headley take a punt and run with it instead of kicking it. Oh no, I don't want to see that. <laughs> I he's big as hell, man. We got he's big, but he he's not athletic at all. He can't run. No, he uh, can't run at all. And I'm a whole lot. I need to see it at least once. Oh my gosh, he he man, listen, it'd be so funny watching him run. I'd be like, whoa, this guy looks horrible running the ball. And, and, and you know what? To, to be honest, he he done lost weight. Like he, he done leaned up a lot. He's tall. Oh, he, he did well. Not he, when, yeah, he was already he, came, he was already tall. Um, yeah. He just man, when when they when they be out there running, man, I laugh. I was like, God, man, he just um, it had to be like a four a, a fourth than one pump like fake. It can't be no five yarder because he ain't gonna get it. Man, that's cold. 
<laughs> so, 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 what realistic with our schedule this year? What's a disappointment? What will a disappointment look like? And what's what's a successful season look like? I think a successful season to me is at least at least nine wins. You have, I think, nine wins is is like the standard. It should be the standard for the program. That's the floor. That has to be the floor. Yeah, I think ten wins. Like the ten wins, yeah, I think of that is is where you want to be, but you can't go anything. If you have an eight win season, that's a disappointing season. Take away two games, guys. A and M and Clemson, and Miami will most likely be the betting favorite in every other game. I, I got um, one more question about recruiting. Um, how far are like how much are we pushing for um, San Juan Clark, or what's going on with him? He, he's not going to end up in the class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't is, it because the, is it because mm-hmm. the linebackers we already have, or what's going on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Our, we we have three linebackers in the class already. Um, and just I think you use your numbers to go after other positions of need. You already got three, you know, and um, it's only two going to play on the field at one at a time. So just um, unfortunately, you know, I would love for him to be in the class. Yeah, I like him too. Um, just, yes, yeah, I just don't think it's, it's going to happen. Um, Louis, it's going to probably be Louisville, North Carolina State with him. Okay. Wait, so two, two questions about that, X. Number one, um, if he calls and say, hey, man, I want to get in the class, whatever, A, do you think he get in? And B, do you think this is an example now of saying things are different now? Like when your number is called, you need to answer. And, you know, let's not wait around, you know what I'm saying, for these, um, for these commitments, you know what I'm saying? Especially with, like you women, the way we're recruiting. Do you, you know, you're going to get in and they give you the offer. Good. Well, not, I'm not, I'm not saying him specifically. I'm just saying just as an example. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's, it's everything situational, right? Like if Ruben Bain wants to bring it down to signing day, he could probably bring it down to signing day. If Brandon Ennis wanted to flip on signing day, Brandon Ennis could probably flip on signing day. You know, so I think it's it's all situational. Obviously, if you're a three star or fringe four star kid at a position where there's a bunch of commits, you better get in where you fit in, right? Especially if you're not at a pipeline school or something along those lines. Um, but what if you're not? What if you're not fringe? What if it's just like let's just say we got nine? I'm not gonna say Bane because we talk about elite of elite, but let's just say we got you know four four star guys at a position, and we was asking you to come in. But you took too long. You know what I mean? It's gonna be one of those things where, hey, y'all gotta stop playing with these commitments and shit. I mean, like I said, I think I think everything is situational, right? Like at, at receiver, say if we go grab, say we get Dickie, we already have Robbie and we have Ray Ray, and then and we brought we wanted to bring in a fourth guy that's like Will Fowles, right? So if you're four guys with those with those four kids, all blue chip level prospects, and say an Amy Gene wanted to come in. And yeah, maybe that's a situation where they're like, there's no space, right? But you know, I, it's the chances. That's that a good example. Are, that was yeah. a that was a perfect example, Frank. Good one. And right, I, I, got, I got another question too. Um, how are running back board looking? And I see Christopher Johnson said he wants to commit like in December, but yeah. other than him and like you know, I mean, yeah, that's, that's, yeah, that's, that's, somebody that's, else. So I mean, if you look at the running back room, it's it's there. None of them are going to be guys that are probably going to be you know, early NFL draft entry type guys, unless they, one of them pops for like 1200 this year. And they're all pretty much freshmen and sophomores. They're, they're all, they, you know, they, they're all low on eligibility, you know, high, a ton of eligibility left. Um, so, 
you don't necessarily need to to just grab a running back in this class. You grab Javante Citizen, you know, late late in the last class. Uh, you know, you, you kind of loaded up on on the 2020 type kids, and and you brought in, you know, you've brought in kids over the last few years that are all blue chip level prospects. So you know, I think they're going to go after Chris Johnson if they don't get Chris Johnson. You know, that's probably going to be the end of it. You you hope and pray Cedric Axer you know, flips after August 10th, you know, just because he's arguably the number one running back in the country, kind of the same situation for Mark Fletcher. But if those, if any of those three kids don't end up in the class and, you know, you kind of push to 2024 where it's going to be Jared Gibson or, you know, Davion Gows or, you know, a Gerald Modest. Or Is Bullet, Bullet in the next class or no? Yeah. That's, yeah, that's Bullet's Davion in 24. Gows. Yeah, that's okay. Davion, yeah, Davion Gows. So, you know, there's there's a ton of options in 2024 to where you don't like quarterback. I think is the only position that you got to take someone every single year, right? Running back, you don't necessarily need a running back every single year, especially if you're not senior or junior potential NFL heavy. You know, so you know, I I think it's you know with Chris Johnson, it's going to be an Ole Miss Miami battle. I'm a little nervous, you know, with what Ole Miss has been telling the kid. Um, the good thing about, you know, Miami and Dillard is there's a potential pipeline brewing there. Uh, so there's still a chance for him to end up in the class, but if we don't get any of the three that we kind of spoke about, the Florida kids, I don't, I don't think anybody ends up in this class running back. Okay. And I, my last question is a debatable question. Do y'all think, um, Citizen going to reassert this year or what y'all think about him? Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, I mean, you know, j- just you got to look at it from a point where, you know, if the if, if the running back stay healthy, um, um, I you know, it's just hard to say because, you know, Knighton hasn't been healthy for a full season. Chaney hasn't been healthy for a full season. So you just don't know as of now. Um, but, you know, Josh Gaddis loves to use running backs, you know, so maybe he doesn't get it. A red shirt, maybe he gets enough carries, you know, to um to not get the, the shirt. Yeah, I mean it's not Guys, a big deal though. I don't think in modern day football you redshirt really good running backs because they're all on a three year plan. And I remember Lamar Miller being redshirted, and we got one in one year where he's a backup and a great year. If you can play as a running back yeah. early, you find a role for him because. The way those guys, most a lot of good running backs don't even get to the second contract or a big one, so they don't want to be that used car with a hundred thousand miles off the lot as they get to the NFL. You, I think you play Citizen from day one if he's good enough. Yeah, but the thing, like if he's the fourth running back in the room, right, or if he's the fifth running running back behind Fad, say he can't say he can't jump Fad, then. I mean, you could still play him in four games, you know, four, four, you know, blowout type games, and he can still get that red shirt. So I wouldn't like everybody when I think everybody when they think red shirt, they think, oh, we burned a year. But I mean, you can still get the kids some burn in those four games, and he's still red shirt and save the year of eligibility. You know, I, I think right now, like I said, I don't see any NFL like early draft pick type guys out of the what five running backs that we have in the room. So I could see a potential where he is redshirted, you know, playing, you know, if he doesn't earn that big back role, let's say, behind, you know, Rooster and, and Parrish. Yeah, yeah, that's, you know, um, you know, they got the four games to play. So, um, 
We'll see. I mean, that's a question we just have to look look at once once camp start. Yeah, they been, they they say ain't no nobody has a spot, you know. So everybody got to earn what they got. Uh, so running back is a group that nobody has a spot. They know, they uh, wrote intelligent he is football IQ. I really want to see how he is in pass pro and uh, and catching the ball out the backfield. And, you know, in terms of those four games that he plays in, I, I'd really like to see him get some special teams touches if he ain't getting touches in the backfield. Yeah. So, yeah, so, yeah. Hey, so what's the over – so what's the over and un, – what's the over under we get for four blowout games that our freshmen can play in? Bethune's I mean, you got Bethune. Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee. Middle Tennessee, you got Bethune, Middle Tennessee, um, Southern Miss. Southern Miss. Uh, I don't know how much. I mean, I don't know if it'd be a blowout, blowout, but I think uh, that's they might they might give us a battle. And Duke is down right now. If Duke's not Duke, a blowout, if, if Duke is not a blowout, then, then so it sounds like over. Yeah, it sounds like over because we. Hey, look, it sounds like over because we getting everybody in that Florida State game. So that's five right now. <laughs> my my thing though is why I don't understand why people don't want to register him. I'm like, man, you got unless you get hit with an injury bug. That was my main thing that used to drive me crazy during the Randy years, which was we'd have kids and we'd play them kind of too early, so they would like waste a year, like where they weren't really big contributors or anything like that. I don't think unless you unless Cheney goes down or one of the big bats go down, I don't think you will will need to play citizen and then you're already talking about possibly not taking a running back this year in the class. So if you register him, it's almost like you kind of solve your depth issue and he still get to play in full game. AJ, play. I, think, I think it's cause it don't matter. I think it's cause it don't matter. Like everybody leaves early now. So yeah, you're you not want really to saving nothing. Play a best. good running back is never staying a fourth year if he has a big year in that third year. That's been the pattern for about fifteen years. Lamar Miller proved it. Go back to Lamar. Lamar Miller was redshirted, played backup, had one big year, and he was gone. Yeah, but he yeah, also, yeah, 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 yeah. I remember that with Lamar. He was flunking out of school, though. Like, he, was, he literally couldn't do school. Anymore. Well, he was a majoring in football. He got an A-plus there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So. Hey, bigger, bigger game, uh, Clemson or Texas A&M? Clemson. Clemson. And it could be a possible, like, uh, a preview of the ACC championship game. But yeah, it's, it's an ACC game. Um, you know, the, the Texas a and is big. It's a big game because you want to want to show everybody you can start playing with um, the ACC, especially, you know, out-of-conference um, games. But it's, it don't make or break your season um, if you do lose that game. Now, what happens is, if you go out there and you get blown out, that makes or break your season. You know, um, you got to go out there and, and and show that you belong on the same field. You know, even if what you about lose, it's a, if it is a close game, then you say, "Well, hey, we 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 striving because the, the last SEC team we played blew us out, Bama, um, LSU, they blew us out. You know, um, we lost to Florida. I don't know how we lost to Florida. You know, so it's like." <laughs> Uh, what y'all doing? Every time y'all play an SEC team, y'all getting blown out. So you got to show that you belong on the field with them. Um, obviously, you don't want to lose the game, you know. Um, and I still think we could beat them, 
but it's not a make or break game. Um, the Clemson game, you know, to see if we on their level in the ACC because outside of them, nobody really has the talent that, that, that we have. So I think that game right there is the most important game of our season. What about, what about, what about this, though, Ed? I know realistically we saying that because it's an ACC game. But my argument would be is you could lose to Clemson and possibly still see them in the ACC championship game. Yep. Yeah, I, I think Texas and I think to me, Texas A&M is going to set the tone for the season. No, so, Texas A&M can't set the tone because it, for one, after you play Texas, no, after you play Southern Miss, you got straight ACC games. You can lose to Texas, you can lose to Texas A&M and still make it to the ACC championship game. No, you could. What you what I'm but, saying? If Clemson beat us during the season, like have like they have been beating us previously, that's bad for us. Because now you're still saying you women ain't ready. I think. That, I, I think that just. I just think that the the momentum that we got. I just think we're gonna be able to see. Okay, now are we making strides? Like even though Mario only been here X Y Z, I think that that game because it's early in the season. I think we're going to be able to see, are we making strides and where do we need to go? It's going to be like our gauge. I think that, like, we could run through the rest of the ACC. We could struggle with Clemson like we had, and then we could possibly see them further down the line. I think it means more because it is an ACC game, but I think, that, to me, the most important game, to me, is Texas A&M. Because I think we got to show – I think to the program, even the kids in the program, we got to say, okay, shit, big game. We haven't stepped up in a long time, probably since Mark Rick, that 2017 year. Um, we got to show we belong here and we are able to we are able to compete with these guys. So to me, I just think we're going to get an early gauge. And I think that even if you play Texas A&M close, it can set the, the barometer for it. But that, that's just my opinion because we see Clemson. But we get an SEC team. We get to, we get to show everybody, you know, we're going to get the I, So, so I, I, the reason – the reason why I say the Clemson is, is more important because I just don't think Texas A&M is going to be that good. That's just me, which is why I say Clemson because we know Clemson, we know Clemson is going to be solid or even be great because of how they've been over the previous years. Well, they lost their DC and their OC though, so I mean, right. and they they still got uh, Dabo Sweeney. Dabo was was there before <laughs> all of them. Yeah, and he was he was the office he was doing the office of numbers. So just look at. If the defense is bad, maybe the offense is great again. You know what I'm saying? So, um, X, I, I'm saying, I'm saying, I agree with you, X, but but I think that Texas A&M game will set the tone as far as the and the confidence for the players to 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 go through the the ACC until we get to uh to Clemson to the to the recruits could say, well, shit, will Miami finally beat a SEC team? Like you know what I'm saying? To to keep things rolling. Yeah, I mean, yeah, obviously, it's, it's a big game. My thing is, when we happen to have played Clemson over the previous years, every time we get beat, and we don't just get beat, we get whooped. No, 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 I agree with you. I totally agree. And then we play another, then we go go on with the rest it of the lingers. season. The season is dead after that. Yeah, it lingers. Um, yeah. That's why I'm saying I, I would be, you know, because the, the, the thing that's been hurting you, Wim, is the late surge of the ACC schedule that they that we have in the end of the season? I would agree with that, and that's why 
you know, the, the coaches got to temper the kids' expectation um, going into that Texas A&M game because no matter what the outcome is, you still got a lot of football left. Yeah. And even if you beat Texas A&M, you're still not playing for an ACC championship. You still got to go through your schedule and you got to – I mean, heck, if Clemson is going to be a loss, you can't lose to nobody else. So you can't really – Whatever happens with Texas A&M, you got to look at it as a another game. You got to look at it as a big challenge, but you got to make sure that you understand that you got other games after that because it's a long season after that. I yep. Steve and and Frank and Marcus, what is your take on that? You know, looking at it, you have big game versus most important game, right? They're both big games, but which one do you think is more important for? This season and going forward, ah, the more important game is the is a conference game. I mean, one hundred and ten percent. You can't judge the progress of the off season, the spring, and the fall camp on Texas A and M, right? Uh, you you can't you can't just give this staff like such a short period of time to completely overhaul what has been, in part of my language, a clusterfuck of epic proportions over the last decade. At the university, or or longer than that, at the University of Miami, right? There's going to be time. It's going to take time to fix things, right? So part of that is going through games. Like maybe, like listen, I'm not advocating for a loss, but I'm saying like there there could be lessons that they that they learn through that loss to Texas A&M that could help them build towards Clemson, right? You know, you can't build off the season. You can't build the season off a Texas A&M win, right? Because you can beat Texas A&M and lose to Virginia, lose to Pitt, and lose to Clemson, not end up in the ACC championship game, and the season's really for a loss, right? So I think the most important game is is 110% the game that gets us to the head of the ACC because the goal eventually of this staff is to get to a national championship-level program. That's why you're seeing them get the kids that they're getting, like a Jaden Rashada, uh, you know, a Francis Malagoa, Malik Bryant, kids that are potentially the top player at their position, right? Those are the kids that want to play for national championships. So, you know, it's great to, to be able to, to play in a game against Texas A&M and potentially get a signature win there. But that's really just a fan game at the end of the day. Because if you go if you go 11-1, and one, right, and go into the ACC championship game as a favorite against Clemson, nobody's going to give a damn if you lost to Texas A&M. But if you lose to Clemson, you're not the favorite going into the championship game. So I think 100% the game in regards to momentum and for forward progress going into future seasons is is knocking off Clemson because it takes them off that pedestal that they've been on for so long. I think both of those games are actually very important, but they're important for different reasons. Uh, Texas A&M is early in the season. And you do want to kind of set the tone as to how you're going to compete in the rest of these games. Because the first the first two games are, are, are should be easy wins. And that that Texas A&M game is going to be a nationally tele- televised game in prime time. Game day might be in College Station for, for this game. It really kind of depends. I mean, there's not a lot of other really big time games on that weekend. So aesthetically for the nation and for fans, that Texas 
Texas A&M game is really, really important how they look and how they perform. If they come out and they lay an egg and they get blown out, then, yeah, that game has epic uh, ramifications if you perform that bad. But if you go in there and and it's a close game, you make it a close game until the final uh, moments, or you somehow pull that game out, then all of a sudden the pollsters are going to recognize that. The fans are going to recognize that. Television is going to recognize that. They're going to televise more games. And probably most importantly, the recruits and prospects will see that. And we're in a battle with with Texas A&M for David Hicks. We're in a battle with with uh, Texas A&M, with uh, also like Cedric Baxter is thinking about, you know, Texas as well. So aesthetically, it's 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 the more important game. Yeah. But for the team and for the ACC, Clemson that Clemson game is more important because Clemson has been the standard of the conference for many years now, and it, it's more important in winning the conference. It's more important to show, hey, we can we can play toe to toe with you, and if we play you again, let's say let's say they lose during the season, and if they play them again, Clemson is going to be more you know fearful of of, of Miami, and it won't be a joke. It, it won't be like you know how it was the last time when they were in the AC championship game when we were just hoping that Miami made it a game, which they didn't. And every, every on the national scene, people would say, oh, well, Miami's definitely not back or Miami's, you know, still, you know, a middle tier team. So I think long term, the Clemson game has has more, more, more of an impact for the team, because if if they feel and it's at the end of the season, so it's going to it's going to mean more because likely you're, you're going to need that game to win the Coastal. Or, um, you know, just to, you know, show Clemson that, hey, if we see you in the in the in the ACC championship game, it's not going to be like how years in the past were. Yeah. Early momentum, the AM game is important, but big picture, I don't think there's any doubt it's Clemson. I actually think, guys, Clemson is underrated in certain ways. If they just got average quarterback play last year, they're probably 12 and 1, 13 and 0. They were the only team outside of Alabama that did not get blown off the line of scrimmage against Georgia. They lost on a pick six from DJU, who literally put up one of the worst statistical seasons I've ever seen for a modern-day quarterback. If you could beat Clemson, and that's at Death Valley, and this is a program that I think has won double-digit games nine years in a row or eight years in a row, A&M's really a four-loss program. They're perennially eight and four, and it's a conference game late at night, Probably going to be another prime time as ACC ramifications. And that, that would be tangible proof that Mario Cristobal and staff improved the team over 10, 11 weeks. So, yeah, AM, that's a buzzworthy game. Might, might catch a couple recruits' eyes, but big picture, no doubt about it. I'd much rather beat Clemson. I think that's well, a bigger win. I think it's a bigger win, but I think, Steve, with what you just laid out, if you look at you're trying to improve the program, you're looking at it by steps. I think the step to beating Texas A&M, I think you got to get, you got to build to that. Not saying you can't beat Clemson, but I just feel like if you're going to say, I just feel like that Texas A&M step is there. Like, I feel like we 
have the talent to compete and beat Texas A&M. So that's the test, right? Um, of course, you're going to get another ACC win. But I feel like, like I said, if you beat the team that you're supposed to beat, you could potentially get another shot at Clemson regardless of what happens in that game in Charlotte. So I, I get what y'all saying. I just, it's, it's different ways to look at it, but it's, it's two, definitely two big games. Yeah, so, I'm a, I'm yeah a that's a good down. way to look at that. Because um, with Clemson, when they were on their ascension, they put Georgia on the schedule for a reason because outside of their conference, Georgia was that stepping stone that they had to overcome in order to be relevant enough to compete against Florida State. And they, they used that game for three years in order to do that. And then it culminated in them beating Ohio State in overtime. So so I, I really understand what you're saying. And and yeah, you're right. If if we if we beat Texas AM, we do send a, a signal to a lot of the recruits. Um it's just it's just one of those things where the team though, just like everybody's saying, um from a national perspective and for the fan base, the Texas A&M game would mean a lot because of the publicity you're going to get throughout the season. But I would say internally, if you get beat by Clemson and if it's, if it's, you know, if we're watching it and, and the, the eye test says we're still getting pushed around and we make it to the ACC championship, people are going to be like, well, I mean, you saw the other game. So, so, but it is a, but we do need to get over that Texas A&M milestone. So let me yeah. break it down like this. Re- the reason why I say this Clemson game is the, is the most important one, um, because I think after Clemson we end up going. I think we got to play Pittsburgh, if I'm not mistaken. You can't lose the Clemson game and think you're going to go in the Pittsburgh game and just going to beat them. Now you know what I'm saying the team morale might be down. Um, that might be the game that you need to win to go to the ACC championship. So that game is more important. The tech, yeah, the Texas AM is it's important because it's a national game. You recruits and all this and this and that. But it's a it's an out of conference game. You know what I'm saying? You can lose that game. It doesn't matter. You know, you can win the ACC and still go to the playoffs. If you win, if you win every other game, including the ACC championship, you can still go to the playoffs. That loss to Texas AM is not going to matter. Yeah. The yeah. loss to Clemson is the one that's going to matter because With- Lost. You lose to Clemson, and then you lose to Clemson again in the ACC. You know you're not going to get that major bowl that you want. Yeah, but if they lose early to Texas A&M, they still have time to recover, right? And rebound is yeah. Turn right. I think people look at Texas A&M right now because they had the greatest recruiting class ever, right? So they're looking at that as okay, Jimbo just beat um, Saban. You know, you got the number one class, et cetera. But going back to one of the, you know, the other comments, they've been a perennial eight and four team. You know, they they lose to teams they shouldn't lose to, you know, quite often. Exactly. I, I look at it like, listen, from a recruiting standpoint, I think it's it's critical because, you know, all the reasons outlined, it's going to be a nighttime game. It's going to probably be the biggest game that weekend. You know, everybody's looking at Texas A&M right now because Jimbo's on fire recruiting. Um, you know, people are looking at Mario because he got the new car smell, right? So you know, there's is, is extreme significance there. Um, one of the other things nobody mentioned is, you know, we are probably going to go into that Texas A&M game very healthy, right? Because we're playing two smaller schools before going in. I don't know who them has, you know, early. 
but we're probably going to be full strength going against full strength game. Right? The later you get to the season, people get chipped up. There are injuries. There are, you know, people playing hurt. Um, you know, playing Clemson late in the season may bode well for us, or it may bode again. You know, Clemson is still Clemson, y'all. They still got the depth, right? Even though they lost a lot on, on you know, their coaching staff, um, still recruited at a high level. Now, they've been the more prominent program over the last decade. Uh, in terms of, they're a national brand too now. You know? So there's be made there. I just think that we have a better chance of beating AM if we go in there healthy, you know, earlier in the season and, and taking that momentum and taking that, that, uh, talking. AM is th- a field goal away from being seven to five. They're getting hyped up because of the Alabama game. Yeah. It was, a, it was an atmosphere that we had against Notre Dame. It was basically one of those the nights where 99.9% of the opponents that would ever come into that stadium. We're going to get their ass kicked because Alabama was so freaking good and they've been so fucking good for 15 years. They made it a game. It was just one of those nights and they still lost. And, you know, the guy kicked the last second field goal and they have their, 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 their recruiting class is seven deep on the D line. That's why they have the number one class last year. They got Shamar and Walter Nolan and the kid Lucas and, uh, they got the kid that reclassified from Georgia who was, who, who was supposed to be the top dog this year. How many of those guys are actually going to play? and be serviceable. D linemen are not serviceable their freshman year. I'm sorry. Shamar Stewart's not ready to play as a freshman. You know, Walter Knoll is not going to be ready to play as a freshman. They lost their two best receivers. One, They both got arrested. They're fucking idiots. One guy's gone. The other guy's suspended. You know, no Jimbo, who knows? Some guy, he'll make a miraculous uh, uh, confession and, um, you know, find Jesus, and then he'll be able to play. But, you know, they have a track star as a fucking running back. Shane is a monster. That's the guy we have to worry about. Yeah. When Jimbo was at Florida State, Dalvin Cook fucking destroyed us on the goddamn running back wheel route. Okay, that's how they beat us two years in a row. It wasn't about containing him in the run game for two and a half, three quarters. It was the one play that they lined him up on Shaq or they lined him up on uh, whoever the hell it was before him. I don't know, if Raphael Kirby or some clown like that who ran a 4-9. And he ran right by him down the sideline on the fucking wheel route or the running back angle route out to the, to the boundary, and he took it to the house. That's how we lost, okay? So Devin Shane has the ability to do that. Now we have Chase Smith who runs a fucking 4-4. So that's the guy you have to have on him, and hopefully he can maintain it. So Jimbo is a clown. That school is a shot. They're not going to do anything. The game that means everything is Clemson, okay? And, and it, we're not going to win national title until we can be Clemson. That's the bottom line. Until this freaking uh, this this conference realignment starts or whatever the hell it is, you know we're in the ACC and we're stuck with these fucking uh, Tobacco Road hillbillies and Clemson's their goddamn uh, prize <laughs> right now. So until you we beat Clemson, <laughs> so until we beat Clemson, and nothing's going to change. And they got the two best players on the field. I'm sorry to say, they got that Breezy kid and Miles Murphy. They're gonna they're, they're animals on the D line. Both are top 15 picks. Anti Davis. We we got to beat them. That's the bottom line. Clemson means Clemson means everything. Texas A&M means dog shit. Texas A&M plays uh, Sam Houston and App State their first two games, so they'll be relatively healthy. Well, App State will run the ball seventy eight times, and that's what they do. You know, yeah, but, just okay. saying they do that to everybody. App State. <laughs> what they do? I'm just saying I'm naming their opponents, so they're gonna come into the game relatively healthy. I'm not gonna. I'm not. I mean, we can't really and truthfully be a Miami fan, but we can't even overlook no opponents because 
the moment that you start doing that shit, then you end up with bad losses. Um, the Clemson game is more important, but if if you got to choose between Texas A&M and Clemson, I'd rather beat Texas A&M, lose to Clemson the first time, and beat them in the ACC championship. If I had to choose how I wanted it to go, because beating the same team twice is hard as hell. Um, and that's also if DJ is sorry. We don't really know. He could be asked here. He could be outstanding. There's a lot of unknowns on uh, both of those games with the quarterback situations and things like that. Honestly, I'm more interested in to see how our receivers perform. More so, we had a lot of drops that could have changed games last year, so I, that's what I'm more interested in from Miami. See which guy is going to step up and be the next man up, not just camp guys. But it, I think DJU's got a much shorter lease this year. Cape Klubnik, they're going to call him out of the bullpen. If DJ plays anything like he did last year, he's getting the hook. I agree. And and I'll say this, you know, one of the things that I'm looking at this season is how do we make in-game adjustments? Because we have been piss poor at being able to adjust live, I don't know how many years. Jimbo's because we had a high school coaching staff. You, we have you, a want, fucking you, want, you want to know now. what I want to know, what we can do? I've seen Mario Oregon. Can he call a timeout when you need to? That's what I need to know. You're going to call that timeout when you need to. We've had bad coaches that don't know how to use timeouts. I need you not to use timeouts. That's what I need. I agree with you, but yeah. he had Tim DeRoyder from Fresno State as his D coordinator. We got goddamn Kevin Steele and Charlie Strong. Okay, okay. this guy has a professional. This guy has a professional coaching staff that he's never had before. Okay, he lost his wide receivers coach to Georgia three weeks later, and guess what? He brought in Josh Gaddis to coach receivers and call the plays. We have guys that are. We have four head coaches in waiting on our staff. Okay, we have we have Josh Gaddis. We have fucking Jamela Die. If if uh, what's his name? Charlie uh, Strong was a former Charlie head Strong coach. Be, he'll be a head coach again if he wants to be. I mean, steals a he's a he's a life for D coordinator. He's not a head coach. You know, it, it, fucking Jason Taylor might be a head coach one day if he wants to be. He'll be an off field coach next year. I'm telling you, man. So for me, this for staff me. that we have is rivals anybody in the country. We finally said, "Fuck it, we're going to spend fifty million goddamn dollars a year on football." Meaning we have an $8 million head coach. We have multi-million dollar assistant coaches as coordinators. We have high eight dollars $900,000 position coaches plus maybe a million dollar position coach and strong. We're a private school. We don't have to disclose that. We we're putting a shit ton of money in off-field staff. Like now's the goddamn time to take over. Why the fuck do you think Saban is scared? Why is he, why is he hyping Ruiz? as the NIL guy, and then Saban comes out a week ago about this his new NIL thing. Like, everything is to get the NCAA against Miami. If Miami's back, if Amari Cooper never went to Alabama, Nick Saban would have retired fucking seven years ago. Alabama would have never been Alabama without Amari Cooper because they would have never had the foothold in Miami. They never would have gotten, you know, the guys that they've gotten from down here. And that's the bottom fucking line, okay? That's the bottom line. So Nick, the, the, he, he scared shitless of losing Florida. Great, he didn't get a lot of guys from Florida. He got the top three or four guys he needed at the skill positions every year. Just like fucking Georgia came down here, got Marcus Rosemead from St. Thomas, and those guys. Georgia's not going to get these guys anymore. If we get Samson and fucking Maui Goa, forget about it. I mean, th- th- that, this is the first year. This is a nine month recruiting cycle. 
half the Alabama's recruiting Maui Gore for fucking four years. So, Mario's been recruiting a guy for four years to two different schools. Let me ask yeah, you all this, though. Scott, Scott, is you off the yak? You all right, my man? Hey, listen. Let, let me, let me I tell it like it is, brother. I, I know more about this shit than you guys know. Believe me, I've been involved in it. I played college ball. I know I know the boys. I know the coaches. Trust me. I, I got you. I got uh, you covered. I'll tell you exactly what it is. Here we go. Let me, let me ask you all this, though. Hey, here we go. It's a real deal, brother. I know y'all asked about what? time out. But I always say that you're going to, you know, coaches going to make certain decisions. You're going to second guess some of them. For me, I just want to see a team come out in a big game and just not look totally unprepared and just not get slapped in the mouth and be down. Like you look at LSU, you look at Alabama, the game, you look at Florida State, come out down three scores. So for me, yeah, you're going to have instances where you say, okay, maybe you should have called a timeout year. Maybe you should have punted there. But for me, can you keep the team in a game in a hostile environment? And not just throw the fucking game away before you even like Alabama game. I, before I could even sit down with a hot dog, twenty-seven nothing. It was fucking over. I literally sat down and did <laughs> two or three times. Like, what the fuck is that? Like, so for me, I want to just see can you can you weather the storm? You know they're gonna come at you. Can you just keep the? Can you keep it close and then take the game over? Because I I think man, there's a lot of like no matter who the coach is. You always gonna get Monday morning quarterback saying we should have did this, we should have did that, we should have ran that play. But for me, it's just that can you just stay in every game and not allow that shit to just just be down three scores before you can count? Well, we got that's the staff. Saying, um, we got the staff now. We got the staff. That game, the coach. Um, uh, you got you got Kevin Stills and Charlie Strong on the defense. I think the defense is gonna be way better this year. Um, you got. Gaddis and Frank Ponce on offense. I think the offense is actually going to be way better this year with the added running game that we didn't have last year. Our running game was horrible last year. So um now I mean just from just from spring alone, the way the staff was coaching, I think they're gonna ha- definitely have the um the team prepared because um you know they was getting after it in spring in, in practices, man. I I don't think I've seen a practice where they weren't getting after. I think it was one practice where you just looked at the players and they always just looked like they were just beat up because, you know, um, the staff, they on them hard, you know. So I think every game we're going to be in it. Uh, this is not that old staff where we getting out coached. Uh, we getting out, um, you know, I, you know they they do they they beating us on plays because players aren't aren't giving it. They all. Um, Nah, they, we we this is not the old thing no more, man. Everything is is new. Mario trying to get us back to where we are. You know what I'm saying? We the bullier. You know what I'm saying? So, not saying it's going to happen immediate this year, but we working towards that. So, hey, we we had said Baxter here last week, and he said something that was like really important to me that Miami's practice was the most intense out of the schools he was at. It is, man. Um, actually, look, look, Jermaine, go to go to practice. Tell him it's not. I don't think it's two minutes when practice stop and you see players walking around. I don't think it's no, two no, minutes. No, it's like every no, time they stop, they immediately go to the next drill. Like immediately, it's 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 no fucking walking at all. None. Tyreek Stevenson said last year was way easier practices than when in Georgia. That's why we're soft, man. You got to hit in practice to hit in the games. 
Yeah, nah, it was, it was, man, this, this year practice is, is way better. Like, last year practices, man, you could see times where it looked like the team would just stop for like 10, 15 minutes and then get back to it. Playing music um, and right. dancing and shit. Yeah, playing music. You know, like, and... you hear players talk about, oh, man, why they don't play this such and such song instead of like, well, what are you talking about? You're supposed to be practicing. Why are you worrying about the song? You know, this year, man, ain't none of that going on. You know what exactly. You play if you want to. You won't get in the game. You keep acting crazy. You know they take hey, next man up. Let's go. And that's how they. That's how it is with them right there, man. So um. Yeah, well, we you gotta, say we you gotta, don't want to get. You say you don't want to get kicked in the mouth in the game early. Well, right after we got our ass kicked by Jonathan Taylor in Wisconsin, right the next year, who beat them in the who beat them in the Rose Bowl and who punched them in the mouth and who stood up to the running game, Mario's team and Joe Salave's defense exactly. So. That's the one thing we got. We are not going to get kicked in the fucking mouth every goddamn game, every in, in the big games, and be down, you know, fourteen nothing quickly, or you know, look like we just got off the fucking bus. Okay, yeah, man, we're gonna we're gonna get back into a few more recruiting, um, recruiting talk before we get up out of here uh, with Frank and Marcus. Um, so Frank and Marcus, outside of Kinsler, who you think will be the next commit uh, for University of Miami? Um, yeah, I, I think it's going to be Bonsu. Um, Bonsu? Yeah, I mean, he should have already been committed. He pushed it back uh, from what we heard was, you know, family reasons. Um, but yeah, that, that's my next guess on, on you know, the fence that ended up in the class. Uh, you know, Will Fowles is coming down to a decision as well soon. Uh, he could be someone that, you know, makes a decision soon after that. I'm not totally – I don't think the kids made a decision. You know, just yet, it's going to come down to Florida State, Georgia, and Miami. But we'll see what happens. I think he's going to be visiting, you know, some schools before the dead period comes back. Um, you know, those, those are the three, I would say, are next in line. Yeah, I think Frank kind of hit it on the head with that. I mean, with, with those kids, Bonsu, I mean, we're, we're expecting that at any moment, just like how, Malik just kind of said last night, oh, I'm committing tomorrow. That, that That's kind of what we're waiting on with, with Bonsu, and I think Bonsu's going to be uh, the next guy after Kinsler uh, tomorrow. Connor Lou, I'm not, I'm not totally, you know, you know, set on saying that he's going to commit to Miami. Um, there's a lot of – the other two, two schools involved, I think, have a legitimate chance. And um, after that, I mean, it, it could be – it could be maybe uh, Samson Okunlola who who not not commits but really kind of puts out uh, his his commitment date or top schools. Uh, I think that's 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 a player that I could potentially see uh, added to the class soon. Will Fowles is gonna set, is gonna announce his top three in a few days. Miami's a, a lock to to make that top three. Well, not sure exactly when he would commit. Now, now other players like Hicks, Cormani, uh, it's going to be a long waiting game for for for. Yeah, them. those guys waiting to national signing day. Um, yeah, I think Nicholas Nicholas Harbor said that too. Nicholas Harbor said that too that he's going to yeah. commit um, in December. He didn't say national signing day, but he said December. So um, <laughs> I thought yeah. I saw where Bonds going to be all awesome. long waiting. Uh, you say you saw what? 
I thought I saw where Bonzu pushed his back to his original date. I thought he had pushed it back to, to the twentieth. Um, yeah, I see that's floating around, but it, it's he's not officially saying the twentieth. You know, like they say, it could be any moment where he says, "Let me go ahead and commit." Yeah. So, um, so yeah, we're still waiting on Hakeem Williams. I think is another one that's going to be wait. We're going to be waiting for that one for a while. Um, so I think the only the only players that we could essentially be looking at before this football season starts is Bonsu, Fouse, and, um, you know, possibly Connor Luke. Yeah, I agree with those three. Um, I'll throw Samson in there because um, he officially did say that he wanted to commit before the football season. So um, maybe he does pop before the football season. I'm, I feel very, very – I think I'm a 1,000% confident with him. Um. He wants to be in his class. He loves the the uh, the staff. Him and um, Coach Mario and Coach Marburn, they have a relationship um, that I just don't think any other team, school, would, 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 would break up with them. So, um, outside of that, uh, I don't know. I don't know what's up with Damari Brown. Um, I'm trying to get some information on Damari, if he's going to. Damari is going to be mid-season, closer to signing day. He's one okay. of those to talk about. He wants to see how Miami does this year. Obviously, Dad's pushing for Miami. You know, I put out an article, you know, after talking to him. Um, you know, Dad's kind of bought in, you know, to what, what Miami's doing. I mean, as I'm interviewing him, Dad's standing right there in Miami gear. So, <laughs> it's, you know, the, there's, you know, there's some pressure for him to, to buy in, but Bama and Clemson are pushing really hard right now. So I, I think he's taking his time on the decision. Okay, yeah. So um yeah, he's another one probably gonna wait till it's closer to the sign. I mean, well, you know, heritage kids always wait by it's close to sign the day anyway. So um uh we'll see what goes on with the two kids. What's the um I know one name is Jason James Smith and then the other defense alignment. Um, I can't remember his name but he they 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 teammates they um will i think they will come on an official visit for the Quavius Russo the kids from Alabama yeah 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 him i think they they both supposed to come on a visit for the uh, FSU game which is November Fifth. November something 5th November 5th so they both come on that uh visit um you know that's that's going to be a, a great atmosphere because that's a rivalry, Florida State versus UM. Um, and they both say they want to go to college together. So that was a thing where I kept telling people about the defense and end position because if you get that kid with um, Jaden Wayne, you still got Nicholas Harbor, you still got um, Damian Wilson, you still got Ruben Bain, and then you got um, what's Samuel. So now you start to play the numbers game. You start to say, well, who are we going to take? You know, that goes back to what me and Frank was speaking about last week about, you know, the Ruben Bain situation. Um, you know, so it, start, it, come, it, start, it starts to get tricky now because now you're saying, hey, uh, we, we might not have no room for certain players, but you might have to make that extra room. Being that they're allowing us to go over 25 uh scholarship limits this year so just might take that extra and sort it out afterwards have y'all seen that kid i think his brother was committed to miami who they say 
I think he might be a 10th grader, Fagans, but they saying he might be a top three player. Oh, in the Fagans, country. Fagans, Fagans. He talking Fagans, about the, um, yeah. his brother committed to Miami. He, he, he committed to Bama, right? Yeah. Man, have y'all seen his younger brother? I'd like to know what y'all think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The younger brother is actually better. The younger brother is actually better. They saying that that kid is, is like could be in, in the sophomore year could be top three like uh, prospect in the country like if you were just rating them regardless of year. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. The younger brother is actually better. He's better. Um, yeah, the younger brother is real good. Him and, him and Chris Ewald from Chaminade are going to be the two main focuses at defensive back for twenty twenty five. Those two kids are uh, those two kids are special. I mean, even when you're when you're a freshman and you're able to play on the varsity seven on seven level of you know OT seven and and play at national tournaments while playing on you know a high level of varsity football, like CJ Ewald was a kid that had three interceptions for Shamanon Madonna last year as a rotational player. You know, there was a time where Ryan Turner, who went to Ohio State, got benched for Chris Ewald. So that's just a testament to how talented the kid is. So. That's why Malik Bryant today was such a big get because people don't realize his sophomore year when they played Northwestern, Malik Bryant was playing a full full game of snaps as a sophomore at IMG as a, and as a junior. And how many? I mean, there's not a lot of underclassmen that play at IMG to be honest with you, you know, because it's a showcase for the seniors. And Malik Bryant was getting full game snaps every freaking game for two years at IMG. So he's been a he's been a on the radar for three fucking years. That, that's. I think he's underrated. This kid's gonna be a monster for us. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I wouldn't say he's underrated. They got him rated real high. Um, I think the reason with his rating is because they don't know if he's going to transition into a traditional. I mean, we have him as the number backer, one. or still be an outside edge backer. We have him. I agree with yeah, that. We have him as the number one linebacker in the country for rivals. So, I mean, oh yeah, I have him. Yeah, I have him number one. Yeah, he's the number one linebacker in the country. Yeah. So we. we Outside linebacker. Yeah, I, mean, I can see him in like Cyrus Moss. They're kind of the tweener, you know. So like they're going to be the guy, you know. They can drop in coverage. They, they're, but uh, they're probably going to mainly rush the passer. But like with what we got with West and uh, Geary and Chase Smith, like you know, you got your coverage linebacker. So he's a perfect take for us and in, in the rotation. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I I do it like this, man. I if, if attacking the ball is his is his is his best um tribute. Let him attack the ball. Right. Just say hi and go get that ball. You know, uh, we don't really need him to be out there in coverage because you got covered guys. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of everybody kind of forgetting about Bobby Washington. I don't know why, but Bobby Washington is an excellent cover linebacker who can also run probably faster than anybody else we, we mentioned that linebacker. Mm-hmm. So I think we straight with linebacker. Yeah. Um, no, I'm just saying. Yeah. I was just piggybacking off of what he said about freshmen, a kid from Chaminade, and the and the sophomore they got this year, the rising junior, and you know, just seeing Malik as a sophomore getting full snaps at IMG, like that tells you something. Like that tells you you got something there, you know? Yeah, yeah, not, oh, yeah. No, because I remember when they played against the West. Um, and I, and I, you know, I remember him in the game. Oh, was, he was a monster. Yeah, I thought he was. A, I thought he was a senior, but they were like, "No, nah, he's a sophomore." I'm like, oh, right. okay. <laughs> but yeah, um, he definitely gonna be. Something special for us. Um, and then you know we we just uh, did sit down and interview T.J. Capers the other day, and um, I think <laughs> I feel good about that one already. Um, but all the boys from Columbus, yeah, he's a stud. <laughs> the question is, the question is, what position does T.J. play? I think that's that's the one thing. Well, I, I mean, T.J. T.J. could play all. He could play all the positions, all the all the backup positions. He could play. Oh, absolutely. Position. 
the edge. It, it, it's just a he can out bro linebacker. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there you go. They, that's, 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 that's right there. Is he gonna outgrow? Which he is. He's gonna outgrow. It. Yeah, he's a big boy. His dad's a big guy. I mean, if you watch his highlight tape, I think he's best as a pass rusher. So, I, you know, I think, I think he's got the ability to be the number one defense man in the country, which is crazy. Seeing that South Florida could have T.J. Capers as potentially the number one defensive end or linebacker in the country, and then yeah. the, the next also year, done, he might be the number one player in the country. Yeah, um, and, then, and then you got Armando Blunt right behind him, and then next yeah. class, it's like just one after the other. Yeah, so yeah, um, it's just so much talent down here in South Florida, man. It's you know a lot of the younger guys are stepping up and playing on the varsity level, like right away as soon as they get in high school. So. Man. I never seen that kid Damon play from Venice, but his film, I, I think he's got. He, I'll ask you guys if you've seen him play live or guys that you work with seen him play live. But uh, that's how bitch might be the best player in the state. That kid is lightning quick. Well, you, said, you said you said from Venice. That's um Venice's um Damon Wilson, 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 right? Dude, yeah, that yeah. kid is a stud, like yeah, a yeah. monster. I wouldn't say I wouldn't say the best player in the state, but I mean he's definitely, you know, a very good player. Um, I would put him behind Ruben Bain. Um, well, I don't know about Ruben. that. Maybe uh, now, but I think I think upside. I, I don't know. I think I just got insane upside. Yeah, I mean, listen. I, I obviously we all got our opinions, but I, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm big on Ruben Bain. I've seen the kid play in person. Uh, you know, led the led the country in sacks oh. against a tough schedule. So um, him, I would say Malik Bryant. I would probably put ahead of. Damian Wilson as well. I would probably put Cedric Baxter ahead of him. Um, Brandon Ennis. You know, there, there, there's it's a loaded class in the state of Florida. For really is. Not really is. No, Bain, Bain, Bain for his for underclassman last year. What that kid shows with his his hand placement and his leverage that he plays with. Uh, that you can't teach a lot of what he does. He, he he's got. Fourth year college hands already. I mean, that kid is very polished. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ruben Bain, man. We, yeah, you know, Frank, me, Frank, Mark, we've been watching that kid since, um, since ninth grade, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Got on the field at 10th grade, started, and he just knew he was going to be something special. And then next uh, his 11th grade, he took it to another level. Uh, he's got strong hands, man. He's an insanely polished pass rusher. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I keep telling people you can't really teach not twenty nine sacks. Like that's something you just have to pay attention to. That's not easy to get on any level. I don't care what level people think uh high school is. It's just not easy for anybody to do that. So Central's playing the toughest schedules in the country, so it doesn't there there there's no level to to even you know, crack at there. That that is the level. I just want to say something about Damon Wilson. I, I mean, I like I like Damon Wilson a lot. I mean, he really flashed in the uh, state championship game last December. Uh, but to me, he he's basically the same player as Jaden Wayne, uh, a player that you already have in the class. And I think Ruben Bain brings kind of a different skills skill set, like what you guys alluded to. And, and I think if you add Damon Wilson, you're basically kind of adding the same player that you that you already have there. So I'd rather have. Ruben Bain added to the class rather than another Jaden Wayne, if that makes any sense to anybody. Yeah, I mean, it, it don't hurt. Yeah, I want both of them. I want both of them, damn it. 
both yeah, of them. Yeah, it won't it won't hurt to add him. Um but again, like you know, you 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 just have to you just have to have a spot for Nicholas Harbor. It's just no way you, you tell that kid no. I don't care. Um you just can't say no to him. Like if he wants in the class, no matter if the class is full or not, you say yes. Uh we need you with him. And it's just gonna be one of those situations where you're looking at and we just gonna take all these top players and we might lose a top player because we took all these other top players. So and it's not a bad situation to have, but Who's got intel on him, though? Because here's the thing about him. Like, he's a tenth of a second off what Arian Knight was two years ago. So, like, if he can get that tenth of a second in the 100 or, you know, leading the, lead the country in the 200, like, who's to say he doesn't go to LSU? Remember that kid from Melbourne, Palm Bay, like 10 years ago, Xavier Williams, that receiver who was supposed to go to Florida State, and then he just went pro and track. Like, and the kid Walter, uh, someone from South Plantation, same thing. So, it's like, who's to say he doesn't get money to just do that at 18 years old? And and become one of the players on the world stage. Well, he's legit. He he's legitimately track. like. He, he but wants to run track professionally. He wants to run track professionally. But right. He did say, um, he, he right now as of right now he says he's he, he's going to sign to university. Yeah. To play football. So, um, you know all the talk from coming from around people around his camp that he loves he loves the staff him him. Uh, of course, Mario has a, a, a definite connection. He, he's intrigued with with learning from Jason Taylor. That's that's major with him. So, um, you know, if it if it came down to us in other schools, I, I, I definitely like UM um, over any school right now with him. Now, if he wants to do both with running track and football, I don't know because I just don't know if U UM track um, team is um, on that level. With with the other other track teams, maybe you know, what I'm saying to be a situation like Jalen Brown where he went to LSU, something like that. But we don't know. We'll see in December. Yeah, um, six five kid, two hundred thirty pounds for a ten two. That's that's just nuts. Yeah, nah, he's that's a, that's a talent, man. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's something you can't teach there, bro. That's, that's, uh, that's that's undescri- indescribable, man. Like you, you have no clue how insane that is. Yeah, man. So anybody else got some more questions for for um, Frank, Marcus, or myself? I'll ask one more. Samson, I my opinion, Samson's the best player in the country overall. You say who? Samson. Samson Okulo. Uh, the left tackle. That 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 his footwork, his, his size, the body type. He he's the prototypical left tackle. That kid is the must get of the country, or of anybody. So you, you think he's the best player? You say you think he's the best player in the in the. I nation. believe that kid will be the highest draft pick in the country in three or four years out of this this recruiting class. Um, maybe, maybe so. I mean, I like him. I I love him as our tackle. Uh, well, he would be left tackle number one if if you no know, he commits. Hundred percent, Mal Francis yeah. is right tackle one, no doubt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I love him at left tackle. Um, I, I mean, I like him more than Francis, but as I mean, I like Francis too. So same. I Samson is the, that that kid's feet are that that he's to me he's a better left tackle prospect than like Evan Neal coming out. 
Yeah, I think well when I see Samson, I look at um Tyreek Smith, the the Dallas Cowboys left tackle. Yeah, I, I look at him and I say, well, that's that's him all over. That's right, bro. His highlight tape is so funny. I mean, yeah, Samson is he's that kid is that kid's got fifty million dollars written on him right now, no doubt about it. I'm saying, even though his his competition wasn't up to par, but his technique and the way he moved was just. It's just on point. Yep. No, he's 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 definitely got it. Yeah, he definitely. Um, I just you know I can't wait for him to get in this class, man. Because then, you know, um, we know, we know for sure. I left. You know, I, I um, offensive line gonna definitely need immediately help, immediate help next year. So, um, let me get him and uh, Francis out there. No doubt. Anybody else got some more questions for us? Yeah, I got one. How y'all doing tonight? We are right. We are right. What's good. Up, man? All right. What uh, my question is with Jalen Brown and the Brandon Innes off the board. What's the story with the Hakeem Williams, man? What's the chance we land that kid? You, okay, so you say with Jalen Brown and um and Ennis gone off the board. Ennis gone. What's, what's the, the chance of, with with Hakeem Williams? Yeah. Um, I mean our chances are our chance. We we you know we 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 in the game. Um, will we eventually land him? I don't think so. Me personally, I still think it, Pittsburgh might be the landing spot for him. Um, Texas A and M feeling Texas A and M feeling great about him. Georgia's um, feeling good about him too. Bama, I mean Bama, Georgia going to feel good about him. Um, but I still think Pittsburgh. That's me. Um, maybe somebody else have other opinions, but I still think Pittsburgh because he loves Pittsburgh. For for some reason, you mentioned Pittsburgh around him. His face lights up like like he's Christmas Charlie that Partridge. night. But um, Charlie Partridge. Charlie Parcher, yeah. So um I would say, man, I will I will I will more so be like William Files and Gene. Um more so than uh Durian Dickey, you can put in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those three I, I you know, those three before Hakeem. Hakeem, I just don't know if the same interest is there with him and you will. But things can change, you know. He may he might be one of those guys who just want to see you on play and win games. You want to win games, and he said, "Okay, well, I'll jump on board." You know, um, let's hope that's the situation. You know, so we'll see. But don't expect no commitment coming no time soon from him at all. Yeah, I, I, I would say the same thing about Hakeem Williams. Um, I, if I had to say he's going to pick a school, like say tomorrow, I, I would guess it would be Pitt, but. A lot can happen during the season, and he he's going to you know play the game or or you know just enjoy his process, and no no one expects him to to commit to the class anytime soon. And and like everyone's been saying, Will Fowles is is not a consolation prize. I mean he he is he is just as good, I I believe as a Hiking Williams. I mean Hiking Williams is 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 an athletic. Uh, receiver, but so is Will Fowles, and and they're very similar in size and as far as their game is concerned. And I've seen, I've seen more from Will Fowles than I've seen from Hiking Williams. Um, Hiking Williams is just, you know, he's he's kind of a just a uber ta- talented athlete. But Will Fowles, I, I've actually seen him, you know, um, make make really great plays uh, in seven on seven and in pads. So. I'd be just as happy with with Will Fowles if if Hakeem Williams, you know, 
falls off the board. Yeah, you got anything to say about that, Frank? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm of the similar, you know, argument that if you land any of the three remaining targets not named Hakeem Williams, you shouldn't be upset. Strictly, strictly because 2024 is is the focus of receiver, really. I mean, you 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 were able to land your two prototypical slot receivers, kids who have different profiles in Robbie and, and Ray Red, and then next year you're going to go after probably the future of the receiver room in Jeremiah Smith and Josiah Trader, as well as Chance Robinson. So you got three elite-level players in the next class, not including like kids like Lewin McCoy, who could blow up for Miami Central. And there's a lot of talent in South Florida, especially at receiver. And, I mean, obviously there's always kids that pop up, like Jerrion Dickey, just you know, later in the process. So I, I wouldn't worry too much if you don't get Hiking Williams. Obviously the kid's like a uniform. You know, six four running a four four forty. He has been, you know, charted doing things like, you know, that nobody else can do in the country. Um, I mean, he's a state championship basketball player, and I think Miami would absolutely love to have him in the class. But I don't think anybody should be expecting a commitment from him anytime soon. I don't. I don't think there's been any momentum to making that happen. Um, he's one of those kids that's kind of charting his own course. I guess you could say there's really no no person that he's tying himself to in his recruitment. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I think, you know, it's going to be a, a four-way battle. Um, I don't know, necessarily know if Bama's so much in it anymore. I think it's going to be more of a Texas A&M, Georgia, Pittsburgh, Miami thing. So. Yeah. So, yeah, that's, that's, that's the Hakeem Williams situation. Um, uh, we would love to have him down here in Carl Gables, man. Well, um, but we'll see, man. Um, no. Like they say, man, uh, William Files is definitely no slouch. Andy Jean is definitely no slouch. Like, it's, it's options. Um, and then what Frank alluded to with the 24 class, man, it's just so much talent in that that class. And if you could get the – if you could just get the top three names, um, <laughs> that's all you really need. You know what I'm saying? But we'll see, man. That's a long way from here. Um, Hakeem won't be committing a – Anytime soon, we know that Andy. Uh, I mean, uh, William Files will be committing pretty soon. Um, not sure when Andy Jean is going to jump. Um, is commit or anything like that, but you know, um, things could happen. Like, well, hey, they just jump on board, and then you know, the staff say, let's go ahead and just get other positions that we need. So we'll see how that goes, though, man. But any other questions about recruiting or anything else that I want to know? Nobody else got no questions. I have another question. Who who you think the next commit will be? Um, we all agree that is uh well, okay, so Kinsler commits tomorrow. He commits tomorrow. So, and um if you're if you're not if you're not adding him, then it will be Jaden Bonsell. So we get him uh, we beat Ohio State for Jaden Bonsell? Yeah. Okay. I mean, don't sound don't sound surprised. Like, man, look, we we hey, man, these a times lot of big dog teams. These, these times to be surprising to everybody, man. We we don't be up with the big dogs like this. I mean, but we are now. We I know that's now. What I'm like we here, we beating big dogs with some players, you know. So it's like 
I'm not surprised that we beat Bama or, or Ohio State or Georgia um, or Clemson for commits. I mean, you know, Mario is probably one of the best commit, I mean, uh, recruiter coaches in the nation. You know, um, yeah, the go along with the NIL stuff. I mean, if, even if you just want to put that there, but we here. We getting top recruits. So I'm not surprised at all. I mean, you know, I'm, yeah, I'm not surprised at all. I'll be more surprised if we lose a commit to, like, a school that we weren't supposed to lose to. You know what I'm saying? So I'm not surprised, man. I just just loving what the staff is doing, man. Drummond, what's good? I see you jumped in. What's happening? What's good, X? Ain't nothing. What's popping, man? Nah, man. I enjoyed the space tonight, man. My last question, man. Nobody else know. Hey, where the hoes at? <laughs> you know where it yet, man. <laughs> yes, sir. You know where it yet, man. I, I, hey, man, I, I'm chilling tonight. I, I've been going crazy all weekend, man. So I got to, you know, relax a little bit. Hey, man. I see, I see we're getting a lot of hype this year. All the all the publications, coaches starting to come around. And I think everybody just, Mario keeps saying one thing, X, and the only thing he keeps saying is that you was back to work. He ain't saying we're trying to win the championship. He ain't trying to say we're trying to do this. He's saying, nah, we just back to work, dog. That's it, man. They back to work. Um, You know, uh, right now, um, I don't think well even you know it's, it's people it's players and around the, the campus and stuff like that but he, you know he basically telling those kids man y'all go ahead and get y'all rest and break now man because once once that camp start that's it y'all ain't going nowhere y'all is dedicated to this school to this team to this program until the end of the season and that's it like um so them kids better have all the fun they can have right now, man. Once next week start, it's, it's over. It's 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 one hundred percent football, you know. Um, and if you ain't down for it, you better get going. The only thing, man, everybody ain't gonna make it, y'all. Everybody ain't gonna make it. They ain't never go through a process like this. Ain't no bullshit. Ain't nobody gonna make it, though. I mean, hey, when the bit leaves. Um, Listen, I, I mean, we can all we can all pretty much agree that it's, we still have some players on the team we think shouldn't be there. Um, we not gonna call out no names or nothing like that, but we we can all agree that it's still a few of them that don't belong. So, you know, we could probably be looking at some players, maybe just saying, yeah, it's, maybe it's time for us to go um, after the first couple of weeks of uh, fall camp. Yeah, we'll see. X off, off topic. Any news on the uh, on the tailgate in Texas? Um, no. I'm I'm supposed to be going to Houston. It probably probably in another two weeks. So when I go up there, then I'm uh, I'm gonna go try to um, get things situated with um, the tailgate spot. But but as I keep telling everybody, Texas and them, they're not really gonna give us much space to tailgate. Uh, so the area will be tailgating that. I don't know if somebody already occupied it, but if they did, we'll just have to get in where we fit in. But um, no man, they not they not gonna allow us to tailgate like that. They gonna be like, man, y'all come tailgate with us if anything, and that's something I'm not gonna do. Exactly. 
Let's 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 try to find a, a venue in Houston for Friday night and do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, 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 I got I got this chick. She worked. She actually said this. Um, it's a local bar that she's saying she's gonna talk to the owner and see if we can do something there. It holds by like a 200, 200, I think she said people there. So, you know, um, I'm gonna see because I don't even know if everybody going to Houston because I've heard people talking about they just gonna go straight to College Station and I'm like, oh, okay, well. No, nah, we going to Houston. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We going. <laughs> we, we popping off in Houston, man. Y'all go see me in Club Onyx for a couple nights. <laughs> Ain't no bullshit. Yeah, man. But what's up? Anybody else got some more questions before we jump up out of here? That's about it. Well, man. Yeah. Um. So you know we do these things every Wednesday. Um. Footballville, Caneville, we tag team with um with Kings. What is County, Kings? Baby. Kings County. Kings County. Kings County. I was about to say Kings Cartel. I don't know why I'm about to say that. Kings County. Um, with Frank, Frank and uh, Marcus, they they were rivals. Um, good people, man. You know, we we both been out here doing things with the community as far as you know, high school games. Um. You know, with you with the University of Miami as well, Little League, all that, man. So, um, big things in play, man. Um, the season is getting here like faster than we thought. Next week, the season start. I mean, next week, practice start. Um, as of now, next Tuesday. Say what? Next Tuesday. No, no, no. Practice start on the fifth. Oh, I thought it started next Tuesday. Yeah, yeah. No, practice start on the fifth. Practice start on the fifth. And um, as of now, I'm not hearing. I I don't know if I haven't heard anything about anybody being held out besides Rodriguez, the center. Rodriguez, yep, that's it. Um, I don't know. Maybe Marcus and Frank. Y'all heard anybody else? I, that, that's the only name I got so uh, far. That's that's nah, the thing I heard too. Rodriguez is the only one being held out. Okay, yeah. So Rodriguez, and um, I don't think he was gonna um play as much anyway this year. So he he's the only one that's out. Um, Zion Nelson will be good to go. Um, somebody just got a clearance. Kamari Rogers, the cornerback. I think he just got cleared last week. So um, looks like everybody gonna be ready to go for fall camp, man. So prepare to be. No, it's gonna be a battle, man. Trust me, it's gonna be a battle out there on the field. We're gonna be definitely giving you updates um every day that's practice. And we go from there, man. Um Marcus and Frank, tell them um where to where to check y'all out, check y'all site out. Yeah, it's kingcounty.com. It's as part of the uh rivals network. So it's Miami.rivals.com. Either either URL will will get you to the site. Uh, we have content every day, man. Um, I'm, act- I'm actually going to upload a video from Cedric Baxter and just um, what he what he thinks about the schools that are that he's thinking about. Uh, it's a video that Rivals put together, and that'll be on the site in the morning. Um, but yeah, we, we put out content um, pretty much all day, every day. So giving you exclusive information is because you know Frank and I, we you know we do this for fun, you know, <laughs> you know, and the fact that we're doing it as a job is, is, is a blessing for both of us. And, and we are happy to bring more information uh, as it comes to us 
uh, to, to y'all. So check us out at kingscounty.com on Instagram, uh, Twitter, and uh, we're starting to get the, the YouTube rolling as well. No doubt, no doubt about that, man. Um, with that, man, we out. We'll catch y'all next week, um, Wednesday, same time, 730. Just like that, we peace. Peace. Yo. I hear y'all.